Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk sheet. Recorded live. Hey, it's Saturday, um, April 11th. It's funny. Uh, what is wrong with this? Oh, yeah. Mike stopped by for the week to give me a hand. So let me see. Hey, you there, man? Yep. Did make it home? No, not me. Is he playing ping pong? I don't know. <laughs> I got a gecko. Are you are you there, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you got to shut off your uh, your talk shoot and whatever you're listening to me on. That's pretty funny. Are you listening to me through your computer? Yeah, yeah, I got it off. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty funny. No, so I just moved that uh, cargo trailer, that enclosed trailer thing around in my yard. So that was fun. And uh, but it worked out okay. The mud the mud really went down pretty good today. You know, there's basically no mud out there today, so that's good, you know. So um, I got to um, finish that up. But uh, what time did you get home? Uh, a little after six. Oh, wow. So uh, did you kind of figure out how many hours it took you to drive from here to there? <clears throat> so left there last night, what, 9.30? Drove till, till 1.30, had five hours sleep, and then got here at six, so. Yeah. Well, you didn't have one of those perky buffets, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so you didn't have to take a nap. No, I done not, man. I've been sleeping in 20 miles. Yo, know, how did it feel uh, driving home compared to the way you came? I mean, did it feel faster or? Oh yeah, yeah, it was a faster drive for sure. It was all highways. Yeah, when you went to Ithaca to go to to, to get 90 from 81, what was that road like, the Ithaca road? Well, actually, I didn't go all the way to Ithaca. I, jeez, I, I can't remember the name of the little town, Collins or something. I west on in Collins. Oh wow! What yeah. did you? Did GPS just point you that way? Yeah, yeah, it just took me that way. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I, I probably used to go that way too. I don't remember the name of the town, but was that just basically like a two-lane highway too? That actually was eleven, Carl. It, it, it got me, put me on eleven. Eighty-one went northeast, and eleven went straight north. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Eleven hits Canada. Yeah. I, Canada, it's pretty funny. I mean, uh, yeah. it goes all the way down to Montgomery, Alabama, you know, so it's pretty funny how that used to be <laughs> kind of like an interstate. They didn't call it an interstate, but man, it went to uh, to Canada. You know, so that, that's a hell of a highway. Yeah, that's just my earphone, sorry about that. 
the phone right now. The phone like that. So yeah, it's funny, man. I think you uh, I think we made seven trips out to my folks' place. So did you listen to? Yeah, did you listen to the uh, um, what we were talking about in a call about the the little part that we uh, you audio tapes? Did you record it, or did you just listen to my shows? You no, know, just listening to your shows. Yeah, I, did, I didn't record our little conversation. I, I couldn't find the damn Remember, my phone screwed up. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I couldn't find how to record it. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, it shouldn't be uh, too hard. Yeah. You know, to just, uh, like I said, the first letter you wrote to them was okay. That was just kind of a greetings and a kind of a funny letter, which is fine. But now you've got to uh, be a lot more pinpoint accurate about what you, you have to ask them a direct question. You can't be vague. If you're vague, they'll yeah. just uh, ignore you. And I would too, because like I said, if you just say, is uh, income tax, you know, uh, what was that on Canada? Voluntary on Canada. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, first of all, like, what in the world does voluntary mean? And then Canada, what in the world does Canada mean? You know, so very vague. Yeah. You know, so they'll say, is income tax voluntary? That they could say. I mean, that's an easy enough question to say, yes. Everything's voluntary. And, uh, but it's funny, it's it's voluntary to a man, but it's not voluntary to an employee. You see what I'm saying? A man yep. can volunteer, but an employee has, can't. You know, it's just like they say to people all the time, like a cop. A cop is bound by certain rules and he's, you know, certain structures and he's, you know, confined to. You know, he's defined within a certain parameter and he has to live within that parameter. And just like an employee has to. So, uh, but a man, he's he's undefinable. It's just like God. God is undefinable. God, you know, man's not bound by a piece of paper. Man can't just be defined, you know, in some code section of a book, you know, in uh, two, three uh, chapters. That's ridiculous. <coughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, it's just, um, hey, what was the last truck I drove last night? Do you remember? Oh, it was the green one, right? <coughs> To to your mom's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Uh, no, I drove the rental truck. Right? No. You drove. Oh, I drove the big truck. No, I drove that great big uh, twenty thousand pound dump truck. That's what I drove. <laughs> that big ass dump truck. <laughs> Ten tonner. That's what I drove last night from the mom's. And then uh, yeah. what you I'm saying, and then you dropped me off, and then here. Yeah. Yeah, then you drove the U-Haul home. Right. I drove that rental thing home. So, uh, yeah, I was thinking about pulling the... <coughs> the dump truck up today because uh, it was pretty dry. But uh, that little um, SUV thing I got, that little Tahoe, whatever it is, man, that, that pulled that uh, enclosed trailer, no problem. Oh, it did it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was sweet. Sorry. The black. Like one? I said. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no, not the black one. I'm doing the silver one now. There's a silver one. I'm just going to yep. put household stuff in it. And the black one has, like, motorcycles in it and uh, engines and, you know, some pretty heavy stuff. So you did that one today by yourself? What's that? You towed the silver one up today by yourself? Oh, not not to my folks' place, no. Right now, I'm just uh, got it up to the driveway. And uh, oh. Joe's going to stop by tomorrow. Rich is going to stop by tomorrow. And uh, like I said, uh, while I'm doing the show, I'm still outside. And uh, I'm going to... Uh, that's why I just, I'm just talking to you instead of just leaving the phone calls open until it gets too dark out here for me to do any more work out here. And then I'm going to go inside. And then that way I can watch the chat board and stuff like that. And Gus will be on the call, he said, around 8.30 in about an hour. Oh, that's so perfect. Then, so I'll probably be snoring in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So I just figured just call up. I tried to call up uh, Jimmy Lynn and, uh, you know, the guy we talked to yesterday. With, uh, yep. Because he's got tons of information. And I'm just grateful as hell he's back. And uh, and he feels like talking again. Yeah, he said he was going to call in. Yeah, he went out to dinner with his daughter. Yeah. So uh, I just called him, and he called me back from a restaurant. I said, oh, God bless you. You know, just hang out with your daughter, and, uh, you know, don't worry about calling me back. I mean, if she uh, goes to bed at 9, 10 o'clock, I'll probably still be doing a show, so you can call me then. But spend as much time as you can with her, you know. I said, Gus will be on soon, and... Uh, I don't even know if he knows Gus. I don't even know. Jimmy Lynn was on a couple of years ago. And then uh, he took off in 20, 2013 in November. And uh, I thought he said I just talked to him like once a month just saying hi. And, and like I said, I always see that. Hey, I told you that yesterday. So I always see the salt on my counter that he gave me. Yeah. And he mailed to me. So uh, it's a constant reminder of him. So it's great. I mean, it, it, it's fantastic that uh, he sent me that. Because... Uh, I'll never use all that salt in my lifetime, so I'll constantly think of him until until the day I die. You know, I'll, uh, I'll look over at the counter wherever I'm at on planet Earth, and I'll see that great big huge bag of Himalayan salt that I'm never going to put a dent in. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's going to last a long time. So, you know, as long as that thing's still sitting on my counter, he's going to, uh, you know, be a memory. You know, he's at all. Where did that come from? Oh, you yeah, got right. to put some of that salt in, a, in your own salt and pepper shaker when you when you go to the restaurant. Use that instead of that. Other yeah, thing. yeah. I used to le- yeah I used to leave one out at Berkey's, and I, they, the ladies would bring it out from the back for me. It was pretty funny. So uh, the last time my sister was there, she uh, uh, picked it up for me. She said, "Oh, I figured you know we'll bring it home." I said, "Ah, that's okay." I said, "You could have left it there, but all right." I said, you know, I come there often enough, and they know who, who's got that Himalayan funny-looking salt. So it's pretty funny how they uh, how they remember me like that. But uh, yeah, you made a lot of trips with me, so that was pretty cool. Like I said, I know. I, yeah, we must have made seven trips, man. Like I said, I'm just trying to do the math, and uh, we did either seven or eight trips. I don't remember if we bought 14 cars over there or 16. You know, I don't honestly remember how many we bought. But if we got almost 700 miles on that truck in, uh, you know, three days, that's pretty good. 
rented it out on Tuesday. How many days were you here? Four days, five days? Uh, I worked with you four days, but I got there Monday night, kind of late. So oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't remember. Uh, did Did you meet up with me on Monday night, or did you just get a hotel? Or, oh, that's right. You slept over here the first night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed with you the first night. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and it was so freaking loud over here. I remember. Yeah. I'm I, I kept you. I kept you up all night, snoring. So. What's that? Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I was gonna audio tape you. It's funny. Gus knows what I got though too. <laughs> And I was gonna say when uh did did you was was I snoring or anything or not? No, I couldn't hear you over me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, you must have really been tired. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just moving stuff around here, and uh, getting ready for them to come by tomorrow. Like I said, I'm really not gonna do the show until uh. Gus comes on, and then once Gus comes on, he could watch the board for me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And uh, he watches the board for me. I'll be able to uh, um, he'll be able to you know hang up on people and do stuff like that for him. Yeah, when he comes on, I'll be signing off, man. I'm. Uh, yeah, are you reading like the chat? Eyes. Are you reading the chat board or anything like that? Uh, no, not right, right now. Okay, but like I said, uh, if some, if somebody can, just uh, when they see Gus come on. Uh, I'm on the chat board now. Okay, yeah, but I'm saying if somebody else is watching the chat board, when Gus comes on, just tell Gus to uh, call me up on my phone, and then I'll uh, start taking calls from like people and start answering questions and stuff like that. Or if Larry pops up, Larry can do that too. I don't know if you see Larry on the board. Larry's good like that, too. And Larry's Larry. North Carolina, isn't he, or something? What no, Larry is, is uh, Little Bill. Little Bill, all right. Yeah, Little Bill. Yeah, he's a big Little Bill. He looks like George Foreman. The guy's, I wouldn't call him Little Anything. <laughs> he's a big man. Yep. He sent me a picture of himself. So, Woof. That guy's big. That ain't no Little Bill. You figure Little Bill means, you know, Little Bill. Uh, yep. He don't fit. Trust me, the name don't fit the... It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I should ask him one time, where'd you get this little bill from? Because you're certainly not little. So it's, maybe like that that 400, it's like that 400-pound guy called Tiny. Yeah, oh yeah, I worked with one of those guys at a, at a pier, uh, bouncing. He was like 6'3", yeah, 400 pounds. He always used to run for the Mad Daytona Beach. He was a pretty funny guy. I don't know if he's still alive. He was huge. And, you know, big people like that, he's have real bad health problems. But he was a good guy. I liked working with him. He made a good team. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, the big thing, like I said, is that you just got to get the, the mental part down just when anybody starts uh, talking to you from, you know, the CRA or anything like that, anybody. You, know, you just got to get the mental part down. You got to, stop answering their questions, you know what I'm saying? It's like they don't deserve an answer because they're not act, they're not acting like in a capacity that of a man, you know, they're not talking to you man to man. So if you're not willing to talk to me man to man, uh, I'm wasting my time here. And that's the way I tell them all the time, you know. I hear, even when they took my kid when I first met the women, 
and social services. I said, are you here in official state, you know, like government capacity? Are you here, you know, uh, you know, acting through an agency? And they were like, yes. I said, well, I have absolutely nothing to say to you then. And I said, if you want to talk to me. She goes, what's funny is two women came in and talked to us first. They were uh, Baptists, like Southern Baptists. And they were trying to tell us how there were services to help us uh, with a Downs child and stuff like that. And uh, if we needed uh, their help, they'd give them a holler. So we're like, oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's great. So then the uh, next people came in. <coughs> two more women came in. <coughs> and it started to sound like uh, they were trying to get bossy, you know. Like, I said, wait a second. Are you from... Uh, are you from like a like a, some organization like Southern Baptist or something like that? And they're like, no. I said, they said we're here from the DHR. And I said, is the DHR some sort of a, a government-run uh, agency? They said, are you some sort of uh, acting as an agent for you know state government, an agency for state government? Or and they're like, yes. I said, then we have absolutely nothing to say to you folks. And they're like, well, you need to talk to us. I said, ha ha ha. I need nothing, you know, and certainly I don't need anything from the state. I certainly don't need anything from you two lovely ladies. I said, I need absolutely nothing from you people. I said, when I need you, I'll come knocking on your door. Did you ever get any of them to talk to you as a man to woman? No, no. That's why I would never talk to them. No, I would never talk to them. Like I said, once they said they're always going to talk to me, you know, as a social worker, I said, you know, talk to me as a stop sign. Talk to me as a tree. Talk to me as a potted plant. Then, because you got nothing, I got nothing to say to you. Because I don't, I can't hear you. I can't see you. I can't listen to you. You know, you don't exist in my world. You know, there's absolutely nothing I need from you people. And like I said, it's funny. Under the Social Security Act, and under then there's something else called the Medicaid Act. And uh, in the United States here, and it clearly says. In uh, section like 465 and 645, uh, 648 in the uh, Medicaid and Social Security Act, I got the exact codes. It said the government cannot solicit services. A man or a woman has to knock on like the social services or Medicaid door. Social services and Medicaid people can't come asking you, would you like our help? I mean, I got the whole long code you know, in my computer. I'm going to take me two seconds to find it. Oh, they get 685 and 485. That's right. One's Medicaid, one's Social Security. <clears throat> but once I read that kind of stuff, you know, years ago, it's, it's, it started to make a lot more sense to me. It's like they, they can't, they can't come to you and say to you, would you like assistance? They can't do that. They, It's like being an insurance salesman. They can't bother you with ridiculous nonsense. Oh, we got a great product. Okay, what's your product? It's called foster care, and it will take care of your kid forever. Or you know, it's called euthanasia, and since he's disabled and permanently disabled, we'll kill him for you. It's like, no, thanks anyway. Sounds like a lovely offer, but no. See, they can't. They can't even solicit. They can't. They can't solicit me. It, it says it right there in their code, which is fantastic. So when they come up and talk to me, it's like, you know, you trying to solicit me? You trying to talk to me? You trying to initiate a conversation with me? Yeah, well. You know, that's not only is that unlawful, it's illegal. You can't. If you're here from a government entity, government agency, you can't initiate contact. You know, so it's that simple. I tell them, look, I'm a man and 
I'm willing to talk to you man to man. You know, if you want to talk to me like these two women who just came in here and left, I'll talk to you. I got to talk to those two women. I said, but if you're here in official government capacity and you think that you're going to, like, record all this nonsense, I mean, they didn't have, like, a tape recorder. But I was like, if you think you're going to fill out some sort of report about this uh, encounter, I said, you can forget about it. I said, I'm not going to say anything to you people. And then they were trying to say, well, you have to sign this. You have to do this. If you don't, you'll never see your kid again. It's like, you know, that's just communicating a threat. You know, so that's just extortion. So what are you going to do? Well, break my legs next? I said, look, I grew up in New York. My sister married again, being honest. I said, I, I know this fucking routine. You're trying to muscle me. I said, I understand what you're doing. I'm trying to do a shakedown. You're trying to scare me, intimidate me. I said, I'm sorry. It ain't going to work. I come from New York, and there's a lot scarier people than you two lovely ladies that threaten me. I said, so, uh, you know, you're going to have to take it somewhere else because I'm not fucking scared of you. And if that property doesn't lie where I lift it tonight, tonight, I said, I'll own this state by the time I'm done with you people. Don't, don't trespass on my property. And that's what I was telling you about your uh, your retirement. You know, you have to explain to them. They're going to come after you, and they're going to say, you're an employee for all these years. And they're going to say, an employee has a certain duty and obligation and responsibility to pay 40% of his retirement. And you're going to have to get that mental attitude in your head. It's like, well, it was nice to have been called an employee for all those years, but now I don't wish to be called, and I don't wish you to call me that as well. You know, you got to get that mental attitude going that you're a man and that you don't wish to be addressed by that anymore. No, no more title. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to accept the title. It's too costly. No. It's like there's no benefit. And you know, can you please stop referring to me as that? And, and again, are you talking to me as a man or a woman? Like I said, if you ever have to go to court, that's the whole trick. You got to get two courts going. They're going to try to get their court going, and you're going to get your court going. But with something like that, I bet you they're not going to initiate any court proceedings. You're going to be the one who's going to have to initiate it. You know, they they couldn't care less. You know, they'll just they'll just let your money sit in limbo. Yep. They're not going to care. They're just going to let it sit there. You know, they're not going to pursue you. You're going to have to pursue them. So you're going to have to just start asking them some simple questions. Because they're going to want you to give up the sentence to your uh, your uh, a percentage of your uh, retirement to the CRA. Yeah, big percentage. Yeah. Okay. So it is the CRA. Okay. Yep. CRA. So you're going to just yeah yeah you're going to have to start talking to the CRA. Just start. You know, and what's funny is uh, what, what I wonder what that division is. You're going to have to find out, I guess, what that division is called. You know, that takes over the uh, uh, like the retirement that does retirement benefits. You're gonna have to find out what that you know division is called. At my work? No, you're gonna have to find out what the, the division of CRA is called. You know, you're gonna have to find have to find out who you know who is in charge of whatever. You know, like I said, uh, they don't do that here in the United States. So you're gonna have to start you know initiating contact with somebody in the CRA and say, hey, look. You know, when I when I go to you know retire, and they're going to take forty percent of my pension. <laughs> you know, like what, yeah, what division of uh? Well, at first you're going to see. At first, you, you you can't say property to them at first because you they're going to realize you're setting them up. 
And see, this is what I'm saying. This is a game. This is a thinking man's game. And uh, like I said, you you, you got to do it. <laughs> like I said, you, it, it's like it's like making like I say to people, it, it's like you make you try to catch a mouse or any kind of animal. You're trying to catch this animal. You know, it's just a crazy freaking animal. And uh, you got to build a trap, and you got to bait it, and you got to reel them in there slowly. If you just say to them in the very first letter, what makes you think you're going to take my property when I retire? They're going to say, holy shit, he's a tax protester. He's a tax nut. He's one of these free men people. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll send the goon squad after him. They're not, they're not going to communicate with you. They're just going to, they're just going to clob you. Like I said, you know, uh, you, you know, like I said that the other day when um, we were driving, and I said, this poor guy in Colorado went totally ballistic when I said to him, he says, like I said, he was talking on the Augusta show or somebody else's show. He says, Carl always says, uh, don't talk in court. And then he says, Carl, later on says, uh, talk in court. So which way is Carl going with this? I said, it all depends. Whose court is it? Is it my? And then I called up, uh, I took the phone over from Gus, and I just laid into this guy. I said, okay, when you finish the entire quote, the entire passage that I said, you never should talk in court. Finish it. He was like, what? Finish it. I said, you sound like me. You talk like me. The cadence, the rhythm, the style, the inflection, the tone. You, 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 you're me. You know, in, in continent. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You sound exactly like me. You've been listening to my stuff on the clock, haven't you? He said, yeah. I said, yeah, because when you called up on Gus's show, I thought it was me calling up on Gus's show. I said, you sound exactly like me. Rhythm, pattern, cadence, laugh, everything. I said, uh, you know, you're me incarnate. I mean, it's ridiculous. I said, uh, now, if you know me and my style and my stuff so well, finish that line. When should you talk in court? He said, well, you said never. I said, okay, really. How about I finish the passage for you? And then I finished the passage for him. I said, now, when do you talk in court? I go back and listen to the shows and I'll see you say, this is when you do, this is when you don't. It's the same thing. Sometimes when you tell the CRA it's property, and sometimes you tell them, uh, you know, my retirement benefits. You have to reel them in slowly. And this is what I'm saying. This is a thinking man's game. And like I said, you know, just like Gus or whatever, like Gus said, you know, he just did the same job for 30 years, the same, like, basic stuff every day. So he didn't have to think. He just had to do. It became so natural. It became so simple to him that, you know, he was an expert at it. You know, somebody like me, if I tried to do what Gus did for 30 years, tank sheetrock, I'm sure it would take me uh, quite a while to figure out how to get it up there just as quickly, fast, and as easily as Gus could do it in a couple of minutes <clears throat> because he's great at it, you know. He, he doesn't have to think anymore. It just comes natural. The movements come natural. And that's what's going on with you. You have to think. When do you call it property? When do you don't call it property? Of course, like I guess I said, when you and I were driving the other day, you know, I said to you, you know, it's your property. you got to start getting on the stand. Your retirement package, your retirement benefits are your property. And nobody else on planet Earth can claim them or enjoy them. But obviously, CRA is going to try to claim them, and CRA is going to try to enjoy it because it's considered a retirement package. It's not considered property. So like I said, you're going to have to slowly reel them in. 
slowly get them on a hook. You're going to have to say to them, oh, you know, I'm, I'm planning on retiring soon, and um, I want to get in touch with uh, the division that uh, takes 40% of uh, the retirement benefits. You know, can you can you steer me towards that department? Something simple like that. Yep. You're going to have to slowly reel them in. Slowly go at them. You know, because, uh, like I said, you're going to scare them off. You start doing all this shit that it's your property. Like I say to people all the time, it's going to say, oh, they're going to put you in a wackadoo uh, tax protest division. Oh, they're going to get put you on a special list. Oh, it's like, oh, another one of them. Here we go. Another wackadoo. So, uh, because like I said, it's I feel bad for those people. You know, like say, like a John Fall kind of guy. Because he masters the, you know, CRA or the IRS code better than anybody at the IRS can do. You know, better than anybody at the CRA can do. He masters that code. <clears throat> and it goes absolutely nowhere. You know, so, uh, because he tries to say, well, look, in your code, it clearly says this. And they're like, mm, did you write that code, John? No. Did, who are you to interpret that code, John? Are you part of our code division? No. What makes you think that you're reading that code book in the correct manner? What makes you think? Are you, are you, do we see anywhere on file that you're an IRS agent? Well, no. Did you go to school for this? Well, no. You got a certification or accreditation? No. So then your opinion is absolutely worthless. Zero. Nothing. Not a, it's, it's worse. It's less than worthless. You know what? You're actually wasting our effing time. You're actually costing us money. And you're actually really pissing us off. So, would you, you know, you, you, you better stop. You know, if you don't stop, we're going to hold you in contempt of court. You go on and on and on with this crazy, uh, well, uh, this is what the IRS code says. Oh, really? You open your mouth one more time about an IRS code, and we're going to hold you in contempt of court. And they're like, well, you guys are like, well, 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 wait, wait a second, that's what we're here about. We're here about my, uh, to talk about that. No, 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 we're not here to talk about that. You're a defendant. You sit there, take an ass whooping. The defendant just, he doesn't prosecute, he doesn't come forward. He just curls up in the ball and takes a beating. All he does is try to block the punches. He doesn't go on the attack. So when you don't have your court going at the same time, they got their court going. You just sit there and take a good ass whooping and hope that you survive. You hope they don't put your back far enough, like in football, like over your end zone. But you don't score, you know, you don't go forward. You know, so it's kind of funny how uh, people don't understand that. Like I said, when I was over in Bali and then uh, over in England, how we had to get our own court going. It was like the Crown Prosecutor said, when it was all over, he says, how in God's name did I lose in Crown Court? He's like, how did that happen? Like, it's never happened in the history of England. How did that happen? I said, the judge warned your buddy a month ago and I was going to be opening up my court. And you guys didn't want to go out in the hallway and talk to me. The judge was trying to warn you. You better go talk to this man. Because he's going to have his court going the same time you guys got yours. And they thought it was a joke. They thought it was a total joke. So that's what I'm saying. you got to slowly, you know, talk to these people and get them just to talk to you, to open up to you, to get you to tell them 
you know, names. You just got to start communicating with them and, and getting their names. <coughs> Once you start getting their names, you'll have something. You'll be able to uh, call them out later on. But until you get their names, you certainly don't ever use the word property. Because it's hard enough to uh, get their names to begin with. I was listening to, uh, uh, like, oh, yeah, like a uh, public radio that we have. You know, we had 700 miles to drive the other day. So, uh, believe me, I listened to plenty of uh, NPR. And somebody from the IRS came on and they said uh, they're barely doing any more um, audits and not really uh, going over the IRS forms like they used to. They, like I said, like my mom, you know, she's in the 70s now. And all the older people are retired from the IRS. And uh, they, they just don't have the staff anymore that's competent to do uh, tax audits. So the whole tax audit division of the IRS is falling apart. So they said uh, it's almost impossible to get a name of a worker anymore because there's so few that actually do it. And they say every time you call up on the phone now, you're basically going to get a different worker. You're not going to get the same person who's doing your case from beginning to end. So it's pretty funny hearing uh, this lady coming on and, and talking about the IRS like that because she used to work for the IRS and then some man from Connecticut came on and he says, I still work for the IRS and she's telling the truth. He's like saying the auditing division is, is totally disintegrating. And, uh, you know, this, the lady was basically saying, you know what, you, you guys could possibly basically get away with anything you want right now because there's nobody really paying attention. There's really nobody there anymore. Who knows what to look for? So uh, she said, you know, I'm not telling people to go out and, you know, do something illegal. She's saying, but uh, honestly, they're, they're falling apart over there. There are very few competent people who are still employed because, like, a month. <laughs> it's seasonal work, so you could say it's part-time. I don't think she ever made over uh, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year working for the IRS ever, and so it's pitiful. And uh, like the guy at uh, Connecticut said, uh, he said he was in the Navy. I forgot for twenty-five, twenty-seven years. He says and the IRS employees are just as dedicated as anybody that he ever worked with at the Navy. And he says, but they work for peanuts. And he says, you know, just like the guys at the Navy. He says, but they're really dedicated into doing their jobs correctly. He says, they're good people there. He says, but uh, they're totally overwhelmed. They're totally over, you know, working. You know, he says, it's just total chaos down here. So, like I said, if you want to get a name, you better believe. You better be nice. Because if you're not nice and sweet and charming, and you don't write like that happy letter that you did the first time. That was a wonderful happy letter. And that's great. You write something like, you know, Merry Christmas, Season's Greetings, da 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 da. Somebody is definitely going to want to talk to you. Instead of saying, you know, that's my property, who the fuck are you to touch my shit? You know, say, oh my God, you did not fucking do that, did you? Now they got you on some crazy wackadoo watch list. It's like, oh well, you forget about getting any correspondence back and forth from anybody now. They're just going to send you out uh, computer-generated letters and they're just really going to F with you. And I don't blame them because, like I said, they've they got way too much shit to do. 
and to deal with crazy people. <clears throat> More like tax protesters, and they're like, oh, no, we're not dealing with this guy. We're done. Just, just throw him under the bus. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, before you just send letters out, just, you know, we'll just do a little bit at a time. At least you got a little bit of time before you're going to make a claim for it. You know? Are you still there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know if I lost you. No, I, I was I was thinking, uh, like, all the way here listening to you, I was coming up with all kinds of ideas for uh, writing letters. You know, was, yeah. Hey, yeah, somebody else, somebody else called me up today, and I said that to them. Oh, Rich called me up. And I said to him, I said, what, what's with you guys? I said, uh, I said, I mean, I remember, I said, when I was a kid, you know, somebody would tell me I got to uh, write a letter to my aunt or my grandma and tell them thank you for uh, a present or something like that. I'd, I'd say to my mom, like, well, why don't you just knock my teeth out of my head? It'd be less painful. I don't want to write a letter. And like I said, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just something about sitting down and writing a freaking letter I'd rather have somebody take one of the one of the teeth or say, Mom, why don't you just take one of my teeth out of my head and just mail it to Grandma, you know? Maybe that'll be thank you enough, you know what? Because honestly, you know, I, I don't want to write a letter. You know, I, I ain't got time for it. You know, I, I just don't feel like it. Letters are stupid. Why don't I just call up and tell her thank you? It's like, no, 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 you got to write a letter, you know. And that's why I tell people all the time my mom's got perfect credit rating. And the bank manager came out to just shake my mom's hand because he said he thought he'd never find a person with a perfect credit rating in their life. He said to my mom, you know, you must be rich. My mom's like, huh, I work for the IRS. I'll give her make 20 grand a year. <laughs> you know, but she's like, I know how to write a letter to my creditors. And I know how to, if I'm going to be late. And now I make partial payments. And then I know how to slowly catch up to what I owe. When I get it, they get it. But until then, she's like she'd say, she'd just write letters. She was a hell of a letter writer. So like I said, I don't know if it's a, it's a guy thing. If guys just hate writing letters and women are better at it, I don't know. I don't know. I hate writing letters. I really do. You know? It's just like when I worked in a box and uh, the owner died and his wife took over. And uh, there was video games back then in the bar. And uh, she told me to get a rag and clean the screens off. I said, what? She said, get a rag and clean the video screens off. I said, you're kidding me. And she's like, she's like, what, what do you mean? Are you kidding me? I said, you're kidding me, right? I said, what, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm Alice the Maid? You know, I, I, you know, I fixed the machines here. And I bartend. So what makes you think I'm going to fucking wash that? Uh, window. What makes you think I'm going to clean a piece of glass? What makes you think I'm going to clean a video screen? I said, lady, look, if you tell me to take lift that machine up and put it on the other side of the bar or the bowling alley, I'll do it. I'll lift that thing up off the ground and drag it over there, but I'm not cleaning that screen. If you say, look, take two seconds and wipe the screen, or take three hours to move it on the other side of the building, I'm going to take three hours to move it on the other side of the building. I am not cleaning a screen. I ain't doing it. I'll quit. I ain't doing it. She's like, you're kidding me. I said, no, I shit you not. I will quit. So like I said, that's the same way I feel like a lot of these guys are calling me up on the show. I was talking to the guy a little while ago. Guy Richard's going to come down and help me. 
And I was like, you were here last week, and you still haven't wrote that letter? And he's like, uh, no. I said, look, you got contempt of court hearing next week, right? Yeah. I said, all you tell them is you just write a nice little letter and say, oh, geez, I was in matrimonial court. I'm sorry I was talking out of turn. I'm sorry I was using phrases that were not recognized by this court. I'm sorry I was talking, you know, in terms of common parlance when I should have, you know, I don't know the specialized meanings in, you know, your terms of art. So please forgive me if any trespass or any delay or disturbance I caused to the court. I said, I told you this like a freaking week ago when you were down here. I said, you haven't wrote the letter? He's like, no. So I said, obviously, I shouldn't waste my time looking at my email. You haven't sent me anything yet. He's like, no. He's like, well, I'll come down tomorrow and help you move stuff. And uh, can you help me, uh, you know, sometime tomorrow? I said, yeah. You know, when you get ready to go home, you know, go to dinner with me and uh, at Berkey's restaurant, and I'll uh, <coughs> help you write something. I said, but this is ridiculous. I said, it's like a three-year-old. I said, tell you, write a letter, write a letter, write a letter. And you ain't writing your letter yet. You're like, eat your peas. I'm like, ah, you're pushing them all over the fucking plate. Just eat the damn things. And he's still dicking around. I was like, what are you doing? Well, you know, I just wasn't sure what to write. I said, write any effing thing. Just pick up a paper and pen and start scribbling. Start doodling. I don't care what you got to do. Just send me something. <sighs> I said, because if I drop dead and die, you just can't find me no more. I just don't feel like doing this no more. You know, I'm, I'm not court ordered to do this stuff. If I don't feel like doing it no more, I ain't doing it no more. I mean, I didn't do it for what, three, four weeks? Did it break my heart? Nope. Did I say, oh my God. What's that? Let's broke everyone else's art. We all missed <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's funny. It's like I say, oh, glory to be God, man. Uh, glory to God, whatever. You know, I'm back. Way, you know, it's been a long three, four weeks, whatever. I'm so grateful to uh, be back doing the show. I'm like, yay. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm out here. Uh, you know where I'm at, next to the side of the fence. Yep. Here, uh, just pulling stuff off the side of the fence right now. Just sticking them in containers. You get ready to... Move them all. Move them all. So I'm not really concentrating on like what I'm saying. But uh, I do pretty good. You know. But uh, it doesn't take a lot to do this stuff because I say it so many times, the same stuff. Just write the freaking letter. Pick up a pen and paper and start freaking writing. I don't see you sending me anything. And like I said, there's a, there's a lot of crazy shit I see coming out of Canada. You know, there's a guy named Chris and a guy named Mike. And uh, people are getting in trouble from the government or the crown or the courts because the letters that they're writing are way too effing violent. So uh, using words like cease and desist. So I said, what in, what in holy hell possessed you to write the word cease and desist to like a government entity? What possessed you to do that? He's like, well, I've seen you do I said, okay, when do I do it? When it's whose court, my court or their court? When I'm the plaintiff, when I'm the claimant, when I'm the mobbing, or when I'm the defendant, or when I'm the respondent, or when I'm the affiant? When do you use the cease and desist? He's like, oh, I thought you did. No, dude, you don't effing tell any man, and you certainly don't tell an agency, 
And you certainly don't tell somebody with a gun and a badge to stop doing something. You could say to them politely, do you realize what you're doing is causing me great harm? And I know you're a lovely man and, or a lovely woman who works for this lovely agency. And I know this lovely agency did not send you out there or define your title or define your role or make you a character to be one of that who causes harm for man or woman. And I know you wouldn't wish to do such an act. I believe you people might call it cease and desist. But I'm just asking you kindly, if you realize what you're doing, can you please, you know, refrain yourself from doing it any further? Thank you. I'd really appreciate it, and God bless you. I said, is there some effing reason? Because you Canadians are so sweet and nice. Everybody knows you around the world. said, you're very nice, sweet people. Is there any reason why you got to act like a lawyer and be a shithead and talk, talk violently? All of a sudden, you forget how to be Canadian. All of a sudden, you forget how to be nice. And you start talking like a freaking lawyer. I'm like, what, does it impress you to be a lawyer? Does it impress you to be a tough guy? You know, the world ain't impressed by a tough Canadian. You know, it's just just be nice. Just be sweet. Just be pleasant. Just be freaking happy. I mean, like a New Yorker, we're just known to being grumpy and, you know, miserable, arrogant, whatever. And Canadians are known to be sweet people. So is there some reason why you lose a hell of a quality when it comes to working with the government? When it would work in your great benefit, you people are beyond, be beyond nice. And I don't mean being a fool. I mean just to be sweet and like that letter that you wrote to them. It was fucking typical Canadian. <clears throat> you know, season's greetings. Happy holidays to you and yours. Yay. Show me a freaking Canadian. Yeah, you know, there's I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when when I told you, you know, I said, when you draw a picture of Santa Claus on there, maybe a snowman and a couple of elves dancing around, you thought I was kidding. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're being sarcastic now. It's like, no, I'm not. Work up, work your strong point. Your strong point is you're freaking nice. You're friendly. You're ple- pleasant. You know, you got a, a good temperament, you know. Work it up. Don't, don't, don't. You know, use one of your strong. You know, one of your strengths. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, because like I said, when when you go, if you have to go in front of a jury, like say somebody like John Paul, I kept telling him, I said, you're not going to succeed at this. He's like, why not? You, I said, you have no empathy. I said, you're from Boston, which is almost as bad as being from New York City. It's almost as bad. I said, you've you got no empathy. You don't feel how the other side is moving the court. You have no idea why they're moving and how they're moving it. You don't have a clue and you don't freaking care. I said, it's all about you. I said, it's all about what you want and all about what you require them to do. I said, you're not going to get anywhere because it's their court. You're not going to get anywhere with this. You're going to fail miserably. I said, because you can't see it from their point of view. I said, you only have an agenda that you're going to win and you're going to do it your way. <laughs> I said, you got to, you got to find a happy ground, a happy middle. And I said, you're not going to find it. I said, you're just in for, you're in for the kill, in for the win. I said, you're suing this guy, suing this guy, suing this guy, suing this guy. I said, why don't you just work on the basics? You know, the plaintiff... Where's the United States of America? 
I got my checkbook here. Why don't you just keep saying, I got my checkbook. I'm just waiting for the United States of America to sign a piece of paper saying as I'm a child. Let Barack Obama sign it. I don't care. Who's ever in charge of this United States of America, just tell them, look, I got a check. I got tons of cash ready to pay. I'm sorry if I did any trespass or anything wrong. I just need the United States of America to come forward and, and tell me how much jail. And all you got to keep saying is that over and over like a broken record. Keep saying that to the jury like a broken record. I'm sorry for any trespass. I'm sorry if I uh, filled out some paperwork wrong. I'm sorry if I didn't cross the I's and dot O's. I, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know. I'm not a tax expert. I, I guess I thought I was. I guess I really effed up. I guess to be a man is to, you know, is human to error, I guess. Oh, well, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, if the United States of America says, you know, I've done wrong and I've harmed the United States of America and, and we lost the war in Japan or South Korea or Vietnam because I don't pay my taxes in the right manner. I paid too much, too little, you know, and it's all my fault why the economy collapsed. So uh, I'm almost sorry, but uh, just tell me how much I owe. And I've just always been waiting to see the actual damages. Because like I tell people all the time on these shows, there's a couple of elements of a case or a claim. There's got to be the wrong and there's got to be actual damages. Now, do I actually see? Do I actually see that I've done anything wrong? Well, you're saying I violated some sort of code. Okay, lovely. Let's go for that. Well, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll spot you that. Not a problem. Now, where's the damages? Just say for shits and giggles, I'll give you the code. I'll say the code is is wonderful common law, and every common man knows that. Okay, I'll give you that. Great. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, but I'll spot you that. Now, show me the damages. Well, there are no damages. What do you mean there are no damages? You mean there's no, you know, you, you can't assess the damages? You're just saying something bad happened, but you don't know what, or you, or you don't know what, you know, what was the cause of the wrong. And then, and then you can start saying, so you're going to move this to a, a court, Bob? You know, then you start using their names. So, you know, it's like, look, I'm going to have to open up my own court. And I'm going to have to go after you, Bob. Because you're saying that I've done something wrong. Yet you have no proof of any damages. So just because I did something wrong, where's the damages? So I say, well, there are no damages. Well, if there's no damages, then what does it care of a bear, a bear fox in the woods? Who cares? What did the bear do? Well, he released CO2. Okay, can you prove it? Well, we have witnesses there to verify that the bear fucking fought in the woods. Also, kill the bear, huh? Because he's letting out the CO2. Is that what it is? Yeah, well, too bad for the bear. Well, that's just fucking, that's just insane. It's ungodly. Because, you know, there's no damages. He didn't harm anybody. There's no physical loss. Anything on God's earth, great or small. So like I said, you know, once I start, I'm just trying to get people to understand the simple basic stuff. Just make them call out, where's the damages? Just make them own up to it. Say, where's the damages? Because I'm ready to own up to it. I'm ready to pay for any damn thing I've done wrong. 
And just keep saying that like a broken record. Put it in writing. And that's what I kept telling John. He said, you go in front of a jury, just keep saying to them like a broken record. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for any man or woman to pop up. And no matter what question they ask you, just keep answering it in that manner. <clears throat> they say, what's your name? It's like, I'm looking for the man or woman who claims I've you know, done something wrong. I just I, I got the check. I got my checkbook. I just want to pay and get this out of it and get done. I don't know why we're wasting this jury's valuable time that they could spend with their wife and kids. I don't know why they're here doing this when I've been willing to pay you people for the last 5, 10, 20 years. Everything I owe. I'm just waiting for somebody to give me the damn bill. The judge would just say, answer the question. It's like, I did answer the question. He asked me, what, what's my name? That's my answer. He said to me, did you fill out this piece of paper back in 1997? I answered him. I said, I'm just waiting for somebody to give me the damn bill and tell me how much I owe. That's my answer. Want to ask me some more questions? And they'll stop asking you questions. They'll say, we're getting nowhere with this witness, sir. I'll say, okay, then I guess uh, you don't want me to step down? I guess you're done questioning me? Good. Now it's time my time to question the plaintiff, right? The plaintiff must appear so I can cross-examine my accuser. All right, good. Habeas corpus hasn't been suspended in this nation, has it? No, good. And I'm moving my court now. Where's the plaintiff? Where's the United States of America? Where's the man and woman who's claiming I've done something wrong? I owe you a debt and the responsibility to my fellow man. I don't owe anything to something called the United States of America. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's the same thing. Like I said, thank God in my lifetime, the Soviet Union collapsed. And the Soviet prosecutors, the day before they collapsed, were still fucking running on their mouth. Well, you owe a duty to the greater uh, Soviet Union, the people of the great Soviet Union, da 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 you, you owe a responsibility and a debt to them. And you must pay. You must pay dearly. And we're going to stick you in jail for 20 years for, you know, doing what you did to the great Soviet Union. And it's like, uh, wait a second, it's uh, 12.02. I think the Soviet Union closed down for business at 12 o'clock. I think you better go do something else, prosecutor. I think you better go find something else to do. Because your great Soviet Union, um, they went out of business about two minutes ago. It's like, oh, they did? Yeah, they did. So, now, why did you bring me into this fucking courtroom, George? Or, you know, Boris, why did you bring me here? What was the purpose of this? What did I do again? Well, you did it to the Soviet... Where's the Soviet Union? Well, it it, it doesn't uh, no longer exist. Uh, did it ever exist? Except from the minds of man. That you guys believed it existed. Well, uh, you know, it was on paper, and that was good enough for us. Oh, really? So you believe everything you read? Well, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? It's just like I said to you the other day. You know, I said, you know, I could say, I I don't believe in space aliens. And then the next week I'm going to come on a show and say, well, I do believe in space aliens. Why? One landed on my uh, front porch. And I was talking for about three hours. He was a cool little guy. Now I'm believing him. And then somebody's going to say, oh, Carl, uh, you fell off your porch the other day and we found you. Unconscious, I said, "Oh, okay." Then I don't believe in space aliens again. <laughs> you know, so it's it's ridiculous to say, "Well, are you are you basing this on a belief?" 
Are you believing there's something called the United States of America? Where does it exist other than paper? Show me. Where does the Soviet Union exist other than on paper? Show me. Because when the great Soviet Union disappeared, are you telling me the biggest nation on planet Earth that takes up 10 time zones with a freaking million or billion people on there, are you telling me they just disappeared? No, the nation didn't disappear. The nation is the people. Some stupid name that they called the political beliefs, the political philosophy. Uh, you know, it's like saying the great democracy of the United States of America. So what? We're the great Democrats. The Soviets is just a a political, it's like a political party. I'm like, yeah, so what? Well, the great Republicans of the United States, you know, we, you know, you, you cause great harm to the to the great, you know, democratic state known as the United States, or the great uh, Republican state known as the United States of America. Yeah, and show me, show me the actual damages. Show me how did I damage the United States? Did, did their constitution go away? Did their agencies uh, get disrupted? Was any of their members of Congress or Parliament interfered with? Did somebody in Congress or Parliament not go home with a nice fat paycheck? He goes on and pays something? What? And like I said, it's funny. Out of all, like, the civilized countries, is they were saying, like, the United States is, like, the only country that puts people in jail but not paying it, uh, not paying it, uh, like, taxes, like, paying on a debt. Like, Russia didn't put people in jail for that. China doesn't put people in jail for that. You know, France don't. It's, it's pretty funny. That, like, we're the only nation that does that. We put our own people in jail because of a debt. It's like, oh, this, it, that makes sense. Let's pay $100,000 a year for prison guards and everybody else to support this guy. If he's got cancer, well, we got to give him cancer treatment. You know, that that makes a lot of sense. That's how you can clothe this freaking guy because he owes a debt to society. So, you know, let's put him in jail so he creates even a bigger debt to society. How's he paying society off by taking another $100,000 a year from us? So we support him, house him, close him, feed him, help give him health benefits. It makes no sense. Well, it's getting pretty dark, and I got this uh, enclosed trailer lined up pretty good. I got it pretty well organized in there to start getting boxes in there. And then we'll go in the house and uh, start finding things to stick in these boxes. And we'll just have to out the kitchen. And uh, that way when they come here tomorrow, that's why I said to them, I don't want them to help me pack. I just want them to help me move things. So they go to You know what I might do? I might move like the two, like, I might move the three freezers first. Yeah, make a move heavy stuff, man. I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I got the backhoe, too. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I, well, the freezers are light once you get the food out of them. Part of me was just thinking about taking all the frozen food, sticking them in the back of my pickup truck. You know, just bring my pickup truck back here. And I drive right up to the freezers, load up the back of my truck with the, all the frozen food, fly the empty freezers over to uh, my folks' farm, plug them in, and then dump all the frozen food right back in them. You know. So, like I said too, I was looking up uh, um, solar solar system, uh, solar panels, and stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, I was, t- I was telling you about that today, right? About using all, all my car batteries. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great idea. You know, if I got 
10 batteries, hell, that's a hell of a storage facility. That's like uh, 700 bucks. I don't have to pay. It's like this. Well, battery's almost $100 a piece now. So I just thought that would be funny if I, you know, had 10 batteries. And I, uh, um, it's funny, man. Come on, cat. Get in here. Come on. He's got this huge hole that he can crawl in under the fence, but he wanted me to open a damn gate for him. <laughs> a lazy cat. But, uh, no, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I got freaking 10 batteries. Why don't I just, uh, use them as, you know, storage capacity, storage for, um, you know, that little trailer I got. I said, you know, how much power is it going to take to power up that trailer? You know what I'm saying? It's not going to take much. Oh, yeah, like I said, you know, what do I have there? Maybe a microwave I'll have in there and uh, a computer. And the refrigerators and the freezers for these dogs and cats. Because that's all I basically have in these freezers is uh, food for the dogs and cats. You know? Well, I don't know much about electricity, but I think if you do 10, 12 volt batteries in series, you got 120 volts. Yeah, well, like I said, it's, well, like I said, you use an inverter, you know what I'm saying, to turn that DC into AC. And uh, like I said, somebody was on my show, or heard me say that on my show a while back. I hope the guy uh, is listening or emails me again. And uh, like I said, I'm just going to go to my old emails and just type in the word solar. Solar panels or solar something. He actually did solar for a living out in California. And he told me he'd give me a advice how to do it if I ever wanted to do it. Above over that? No. So like I said, just thank God for YouTube, you know, so I could watch YouTube videos. I started watching some of them today about uh, solar, like solar and like inverters. And, and like I said, I found out some solar panels on Craigslist, and uh, there's four of them. And uh, I wanted to ask the guy who uh, does the solar panel stuff for a living, you know, can can used solar panels just wear out? Can they just go bad? You know, I don't know. You know, do they just not make that much electricity after a while? I mean, how long is a, a lifespan of a solar panel? You know, is it is it indefinitely? I don't know. Yeah, I got no clue, man. Yeah, I got no clue. So, like I said, I mean, I could Google it, and Google's fantastic. Google will tell me everything I ever want to know about everything on planet Earth, except for this common law stuff that I do. <laughs> Can't find this freaking stuff nowhere. You know, this stuff is freaking annoying. <laughs> you know, yeah, believe me, if people could find it, man, they wouldn't have to be listening to this show on Saturday night. They could just Google it and figure it out to damn selves. But hopefully soon enough, you know, stuff like this will get on uh, YouTube and more and more people start figuring it out. Yeah, you hear all the dogs and I'll let them off the porch for a while. Oh, shit, I got to get another dog in the house. Yeah, I let all the cats come out of the house today. You know, the five that I got here. Yep. And that little dog. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, you saw that little dog. That... Yeah, yeah, a little dog. Yeah. So I had to... Come on, you. What's your name? Oh, come here. Come on, you. I got to get her in the house because uh, that crazy English border collie will nail her. 
and uh, that looked ridiculous. Yeah, he was being she, he was being chased by the other dog, and he tried to jump over the fence with her attached to it. It was ridiculous looking. I was like, oh my god, she looked like holy hell. <laughs> she was all banged up for about three or four days. It's funny. She tried to lift her up anywhere on her body. She just fucking screamed. It was funny. I was like, yeah, go outside and do that again, asshole. You know, and she keeps trying. I was like, man, you, you're just a glut for punishment. So, uh, what's that? She thinks it's bigger than she is. She's got the big dog syndrome. Yeah, yeah, she's got big dog syndrome. That's exactly what it is. She's great, man. I mean, I mean, except that she wakes you. Like I said, you know what I'm talking about now. You ain't going to sleep past 5.36 o'clock. Because those animals start making noise and they start tap dancing on the door and on the side of the house and the windows and you're going to get up whether you like it or not. You ain't sleeping in. So, uh... Oh. Yeah, just let the dogs down on the, off the porch here. Oh, yeah, like I said, you go at my house, I guarantee you, you like I said, you got a good wife. She cooks and cleans and takes care of house for you and it bleaches everything. And like I say to people, uh, you go to my house, man. Uh, thank God that guy Richard showed up the week before. And he at least uh, took like two bags, uh, two trash cans of garbage out of the house because I was sick for like three weeks. And he took two huge uh, garbage bags worth of crap out of the house. You go to his bed when you hear, huh, should have seen when Rich showed up. <laughs> Poor guy. He did good, though. So I'm glad that he came here and, uh, yeah, it's getting dark outside now, so that's good. <coughs> I'm going to bring some of those uh, those plastic totes in the house and uh, see if I can fill them up while I'm doing the rest of the show. I'm going to see if Gus is on yet. No, I don't um, see him on. Yeah, what time is it? 8.35. Ah, good timing, huh? Yeah. I'm pretty good with the clock, man. i got a pretty good clock in my head. So, uh, yeah, I kind of figured it was about time. I figured about 8.30 would be a good time to go inside, too, because it's getting pretty dark here. And like I said, man, you missed the the, the most best, you know, the most beautiful day of the year so far here. <laughs> it rained on us every day. I was there. Oh, it rained. It was sweaty, hot, and humid. And, oh, it was disgusting. And you missed the – and today was – it's uh, it's about, oh, I don't know, about 17, 18, you know, like 65 uh, to 70 degrees all day. I don't even think it hit 70. And it, uh, just a nice, steady, cool breeze. I mean, it was a beautiful day today. Hey, don't forget to send me a picture of that valley in the, you know, funny day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, like I said, you can see, like I said, how I explain my mom's, you know, where she's at and my kids are at, you know, uh, that used to be beautiful. Like I said, we we went down that little dirt road, that shortcut, and you've seen that Mennonite Amish church maybe. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Down that crazy road I took you down. One of the last times we came back up here, that dirt road. You took me down 100 trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, down there, there was a whole bunch of like Amish and Mennonite people down there. Yep. And that, when we first moved here, that's all that was. Well, my folks' farm is down there. And... uh then it got surrounded by um, the suburbs, and now it looks freaking ridiculous. That my mom, 
like I said, you saw how all the houses were behind, you know, the house and all the way to the left and in front. Yep. It's like she's the last standing farm there in that area. So it's pretty funny that she's surrounded. But when we first moved there, it was super quiet. This old gravel road, you know, now everything's all pavement. Big high school there. That was all just a farmer's field back then. So they should move first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because you poor Canadians are all. Yeah, you're all. Yeah. You all guys are uh, socially engineered, and you guys are like pawns in a little government game. You know, to trap you people. No off ramps. (laughs) No off ramps. That's pretty sad. You ain't getting out. You gotta drive 100 kilometers before find the next exit. <laughs> oh, that's probably why they crash everywhere. You get yeah. that? So that way you guys can't develop the land. You got no off ramp. <laughs> you see that picture I sent you? 16 lanes of traffic? Yeah, I've seen the picture, man. It's like you said, uh, it was I worse than. I don't know if open or not, but. 16 lanes of traffic, zero miles an hour. How fast were you going? Zero. <laughs> oh, wow. Was there an accident or something? Or? No. That's funny. Yeah, no accident. Just Saturday. Uh, maybe they got to build a couple more lanes. Yeah. Maybe that'll do the trick. Maybe put 18 lanes. Maybe that's what they're missing. See, they should have they should have went for the 18 when they had all the the equipment out there doing the roads in the first place. I drove 900 kilometers from your place to, to here. No traffic. Like you were just smooth sailing all the way. And it drove yeah. 16 lanes and a dead stop. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And there's no way around it. Huh? There's no like alternative routes you would have taken? Well, I could have went way north about an hour out of the way to take yeah. the whole road. Yeah. Yeah, that was we fast, but it was like far out of my way. Yeah, that makes sense. You said there's a toll road that you could have took. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Is it? Is it? Take me an hour to get to the toll road, so. Oh. Yeah. See, it's funny, man. They got a toll road down in Atlanta, and it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's funny. It cuts right through the heart of the city. And it's funny, it's definitely worth taking it. I mean, you'd have to be out of your mind to loop around the city when you could just cut right to the heart of it. And and, and Atlanta was smart, man. They only made it like 50 cents. So it's not like, you know. Well, an hour is 30 bucks for like 40 miles. Wow, Wow. that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know what? It's still worth it. I would have known it was like that. I would have taken it. Yeah. Well, let me get in. Stuck in traffic, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, I made it into the house. So I'm going to see if uh, if Gus is on or Larry's on or if Gus ain't on, I'm going to give him a call and ask him if he could get on. Well, I, I see Gus's computer on. Oh, that's good. He must just be logging in now. Yeah, so like I said, I'm going to go. Go over to my uh, computer, and when I log out, see that I'm logged in. You know, so um, light on here. There you go. Hey, sweetie.
Yeah, well, it was good talking to you, Mike. So, uh, like I said, hopefully you, you'll listen to this show. Maybe this will help you a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it definitely will. I hope so, you know. Yeah. But it's really not that complicated, you know. But like I said, it's a thinker man's game. It's not just, you know, one size fits all. Yeah, yeah, I see something all brand new to think about now, so. Yeah, but like I said, uh, when I was a little kid, I remember on the 4th of July, it was 1976 or 1977, it was one of those, and my whole family, my uncle, my aunt, you know, even my uncle, who was the president of the bank at the time, he, uh, you know, my mom worked for the IRS, my dad was incredibly street smart, you know, like wheeling, dealing kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, we all played Monopoly, and uh, I had, you know, some, some of the greatest minds I've ever met in my life <coughs> playing. <coughs> and I'm like this 13, you know, year old kid, 14 year old kid. No, it's either 12 or 13, and uh, I won. I beat them all because I just looked at the game in a totally different manner. Every time I got a piece of property, I, I flipped it. Every time I got a piece of property, I remortgaged it. You know, I. Uh, and, uh, you know, and like I said, it's funny. Uh, that really became popular, not so much with Monopoly, but in reality, in the real world, that people were getting the houses and they were immediately pulling the equity out. So uh, that's what I was doing back in the 70s playing Monopoly. I was immediately <clears throat> taking an equity right back out of it. You know, you put $200 down a piece of property, you flip it over, they get, the bank will give you 100 bucks. You know, you get half of the value back immediately. You can't collect rent or nothing like that. But who cares about, you know, $10 worth of rent when you got $100 cash in your pocket? Yep. You can re- reinvest immediately. So while everybody else was trying to scramble to try to get money, I had property and money, but all my property was remortgaged, was being refinanced. I just kept doing, a, you know, refinancing. And like I said, that's what got, you know, millions and millions of people all over the world in trouble. You know, you know, in, in around the year 2000, you know, everybody kept everybody started to refinance their property. Everybody kept taking the equity out and started to take out second loans, second mortgages. So, uh, in the game of Monopoly, it works great <laughs> because then when I wanted a piece of property that somebody else had, and we would swap property, they got a property that was refinanced that had to, that had the you had to pay the bank. It's like I'm not gonna pay the bank. You really want this piece of property that bad? Yeah. Well then you're gonna buy this piece of property from me. I'm gonna swap this piece of property with this piece of property from you. This piece of real estate with this piece of real estate. And you're gonna to have to pay the bank to flip that card back over to to get the finance, you know, to, to clear it with the bank. But I I'm going to sell you to you, you know, I'm gonna swap it out with you, you know, while the loan is still on it. I'm not going to clear the loan. I'm not going to clear the title. So like I said, it was just a fantastic strategy that I came up with. I didn't read it in no freaking book. There was no internet back then. You know, it's just something I figured out with a kid. As I was a kid, I was like, wow, I could flip all the property as fast as I'm buying them. <coughs> I could take the equity out, refinance them, flip them. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so what? I'm not collecting rent. Who cares? I got, I got hardcore, I got big time cash. Like a hundred dollar bill instead of waiting for somebody to land on the stupid thing and give me ten bucks. So like I said, that was my strategy. And my uncle didn't figure it out, my mom didn't figure it out, dad didn't figure it out. Everybody just played it the way everybody else plays it. So like I said, 
the same thing with law. It's a thinking man's game. I'm not playing it the same way everybody else plays it. So when everybody just says, well, call just, you know, you say plays it this way. It's like, yeah, but, you know, which game are we playing? There's many games going on here. Whose court is it? My court, their court, whose court? Is it the government's court? Is it an administrative court? Is it a civil court? Is it a maritime court? A tax court? What court is it? Are we in a handball court, a racquetball court, a squash court, a tennis court? Yeah, it all needs a racket, and we've all got a ball, you know, but what's the rules? What's the procedure? How are we going to play this? And if I'm not confident in it, why should I play it? You know, when I have to readjust the rules to my favor, because I'm going to say this is not going to be worthy of uh, defending because I'm not confident. You're wasting your time and my time. There's going to be a slaughter. So we're going to modify it. We're going to preliminary hearings. We're going to press a few days. We're going to tell you how I'm going to appear and how I'm going to uh, defend if I'm willing to defend. If I'm going to answer, how I'm going to answer. <laughs> So I said I didn't really realize that how much of a thinking game this was. You know, to me it's just like, okay, we're going to play squash in the squash court or handball in handball court, tennis in tennis court, racquetball in racquetball. Okay, I, I, you know, I could play in any, any of the four courts. No big deal. You know, one, you know, you, but like I said, you can't start playing handball in a tennis court. You know, you start playing, you start hitting a ball over the net with your hand. The, the judge is going to say, hey, hey, what are you doing? I mean, this freaking handball court, this tennis court. What the hell do you think you're doing? You know, you, you can't do that. You know, you do that again, I'm going to hold you in contempt. You know, I'll give you one more warning. Then I'm going to throw you out of here. I'm going to throw you out of here and, and put you in a cage. Make you think about it. A little time out for a while. So, uh, I wonder if that's you the best time. your own court. Exactly. Sometimes it's beneficial to have your own court. Sometimes it's better to just say, you know what? Um, you know, it depends on what kind of court you're in. Like when I was in traffic court, I said, hey, read out of your own damn code book. What? Read out of your, read the law out of your code book. He's like, I just did. No, I said, you read, you read the legalese. I said, now read the code. You just got done reading the code. I said, now read the law. What? Read the footnote. Read the law. And the code, it says it's lawful to drive in reverse as long as you don't encroach on another's uh, capacity to move in the direction and manner in which they were traveling. So you can do it as long as you're interfering with somebody else's right to to, try, to go from point A to point B. It's that simple. And the judge was like, huh, I'm like, holy cow. I would have never thought of that. I was like, yeah, I guess you didn't read your own damn code book. I was like, oh, no, that's right. You did read the code book. You just didn't bother never reading the footnotes. I said, the footnotes is always the loophole. All your codes are ridiculous. It's like, well, you, you can't, you can't do, you know, like, you know, it's, 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 it's the, if you hear a lawyer say that or anybody in court or a judge, if you hear that magic word, well, let's be reasonable about this, Mr. Lentz. <laughs> reasonable. No, 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 no. All we're talking about, let's look for the gray and something that's black and white. Oh, I'm not, you ain't messing with me. We're not doing that. We're going to stay with the black and white. We are not going to be reasonable about this. And see, and that's why women, especially who listen to my show, like, like Angela, she's like, you know, very calls very crude, very, very abrupt, very, very, you know, it's this way and no other way. I think that's right. It's black or it's white. Because if you try to get into the world of a woman, 
and Wonder Woman wears Fifty Shades of Grey, whatever, and you say to yourself, whoa, do you realize you got 50 combinations now? Do you realize we're going to have to take this maybe in 50 different possible directions? Do you realize what what you want of me? You want me to do it 50 different ways? Oh, no, 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 honey. We're going to do it one way. And we're going to, and I'm going to do it until the day I die. And my, gener- my, my children are going to learn this way. And now, if they want to do something after I'm dead and gone, that's fine. But until then, this is the way it's going to be. They work for my dad, his dad, his dad's dad, their dad, dad. <clears throat> this is the way it's always worked. And I'm sticking to the what I know work for them. I'm not trying something new. I'm not trying to be creative. I am not trying to get into some sort of let's be reasonable about this discussion. No, it's black or white. This is how we're going to do this. Now, if you've done something wrong, if you, you wish to, you know, you wish me to forgive you your trespass, that's fine. But don't try to get me to look at your point of view. I don't care. It's like I was telling you yesterday with that ex-premier of Canada, uh, the vice premier. We had a great ride in a car together. You know, I was driving him in a taxi and it was like 20, 30 minutes and a great conversation once he opened up and started talking to me. <clears throat> and I said to him, look, I'm never going to convince you that your socialist, Nazi form of government, Canada, you know, mommy state is not the best on planet Earth, which it could be. I said, I love my capitalist, you know, damn uh, the torpedoes full speed ahead. Let's sell all our auto companies in Detroit to Japan or China. Let's move all our manufacturing stuff over to China for this magic, you know, pot of gold or bag of beans. And let's just destroy uh, the people's ability to go to work and maintain uh, a living. I said, hey, look, if I'm the owner of the company, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I said, if you don't like it, build your own damn company. So I said, you know what? It, it, to me, you know, that's capitalism. Now that man's going to take that money and reinvest it. Maybe he sold the Chinese a whole bunch of junky machines. And like I said, I've seen that not too long ago here. And, uh, we went past the sawmill. Where he, that last road that we went on, he said it was nice and scenic. We went past the sawmill. <coughs> well, they sold all their equipment. And they were, uh, we thought they were going to go close down. They like, sold all their equipment. Like China like, came all on board all. And we thought they were going to close down. So, but what happened was, after they sold all the old equipment in China, they went out and bought new machines that were more efficient, worked better, more powerful. So they, hey, that owner of that company was pretty smart. And it was like me and my sister drove by when we said, you know, seeing that it was, you know, they were taking all the machinery out. So they go, oh, what a shame! Another uh, local, you know, business closing down. You know, where these people work the sawmill, what are they going to do for a living? Well, they didn't close it down. They just sold China a whole bunch of junky machines and uh, machines from 1950, and they bought brand new 2000 machines. So I said, oh, wow, that was pretty smart. So like I said, sometimes it's good to let the, you know, sell the old equipment off to the Chinese. And that's what they did in uh, when we were, uh, when I was doing fiber optics back in uh, the late 90s, early uh, 2000s. Uh, the Russians were coming over here. And the Brazilians were coming over here. And they were taking all the old copper cable off the poles for the for free. Because uh, instead of the cable companies or phone companies paying us to take the copper down, they were having the, the Russians were coming over and uh, the Brazilians were coming over. And they were upgrading their phone systems. Our phone systems were 1950 stuff. But uh, 
their stuff was like 1940 stuff. So they were getting like, it's like, wow, look at all this 1950s, 1960s equipment we got. Oh, wow, we're really improved. We're really upgraded. And we're like, are you kidding me? This is all junk. He's like, no, compared to what we have in Brazil or Russia, this is gold. I'm like, okay, so one man's junk is another man's gold. He said, you know, God bless you guys. So we're trying to figure out what, like, all the Russian people over here taking all the damn uh, copper systems down because we were upgrading to fiber. So like I said, you know, the socialist kind of state will say, you know what, we can't take apart the old system because look at the old, all the people that it takes to maintain the old system. Look at all the, the workers that would be laid off if we upgrade the fiber. We upgrade the fiber where you have to, we could run a ring every 22 miles. You know, copper, you got amplifiers every like uh, 300 feet. So look at all the maintenance people that have got to work. So, uh, so like a socialist country would uh, say, let's let's stick with the old, so that way we can keep people employed. It's like when I went to Alabama, uh, I came there for a tornado and to put uh, all our cables back up on uh, telephone poles. And when I got there, what a disaster! What a tornado tears up! It, it's it's unbelievable watching what tornadoes go through, like like trees. You know, when you go through like Oklahoma or Texas where there's no trees, you you really don't realize a tornado came through. But when you go to Alabama, where it's full of trees, and Mississippi, you just see the path of destruction. It's like, holy crap, <laughs> what happened to those trees? You know, so it's like, why don't we, why are we putting these, why are we putting them back up on telephone poles? Why don't we um, put them under the ground? What, and, you know, the people at the cable and the phone companies told me, the electric company said, it's called job security. You know, another tornado is going to come through another five, ten years. When we retire, our kids will put up the telephone poles again. Their kids will put up the telephone poles. Their kids will put up the telephone poles. It's called job security. It's the same thing that was going on in New York City when I was a kid. Why don't why this pothole get fixed? <clears throat> and I was told it was job security. Like my grandfather fixed that pothole and my daddy fixed that pothole. Now I'm fixing that pothole. It's like, why well, don't you just do it right the first time so it would never pop this school job? What is my kid going to do when he grows up? He's got to fix that pothole. Give him something to do. I think this is the most ridiculous belief I've ever seen in my life. But when you got like a democratic state or like a socialist state or you know, and that's what, you know, Nazis were a socialist kind of state like that. You know, it's called job security. The people just want to work. It doesn't have to be better. It's just like, don't lay me off. You know, let's just keep going with what we got. So um, like, that's crazy. You know, sometimes you got to let people go, you know, and let them, you know, diversify. Hey, Carl, this is Gus. Hey, how did you get on? Well, I, I, oh, yeah. I was, uh, I, was sending, I sent you a text message, oh. and then I was on the board saying, hey, I'm here, you want me to take over the board? Then I realized you'll never see that. You're not on the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Did I you, um... <laughs> yeah, let me see if I could, um... This is, this is limited access. What the hell is this limited access nonsense? Yeah, I'm trying to log on. And, uh, there's uh, there's probably seventy, ninety, probably ninety people on. Oh, it's guest eighty-seven, so it must be way over a hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So how did you make? Oh, so yeah, let me just say goodnight to Mike, man, so he go to bed. <laughs> I'm dragging my ass. Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks a lot, Mike, for coming to help me, man. And uh, anytime, man. Yeah, it was you great. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm sorry. I was a little cranky at first. When you first met me, I was cranky and shit because I was still feeling miserable. But the last day, 
I felt great. You know, I think all that twisting and bending and, I mean, I felt great. You know, I feel good today, too. My body feels fine, but holy shit, after the first day or two, man, I was still, like, miserable. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to get out of bed and do this, man. I'm just miserable. You know, it's just, I know I was just no problem, fucking, uh, man. irritable. You know, so that was pretty funny. Sounds like so, you got a lot done. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. We put almost 700 miles on uh, the rental truck in, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's four days. And wow. we, got the rental, we got the rental truck at 1 o'clock, and my mom's place, is, I think it was 40, 41 miles. It was 40 miles, so uh, that's a lot of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know, four days to put almost 700 miles on it, four days. You know, like I said, she's only 40 miles away. It was like 70, oh, yeah. miles, 70 80 miles on a trip. So we were dropping those cars as fast as we could. And, yeah, he likes my driving style. I know that. It's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you like how I come up the, up through the mud and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Duke's a hazard every time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you're going to make it. I said, yeah, watch. Just need a hell of a rolling start. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we found one big bump. It was pretty funny. And then yeah, that last time coming up with the truck was ridiculous. You know, hit like ten speed bumps in a row. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> that was fucking a hell of a wild ride. And then the truck that we towed was too long for the trailer, so the back half of it had to hang off a little bit. So uh, yeah, uh, poor Mike couldn't do over uh, fifty-five miles an hour, fifty, fifty-five. And I was like, "What the hell's wrong with you, man?" He said, "Come on." Keep up with me. Say, like, oh, the truck's all over the place. And then the brakes were smoking. They were locking up. Oh, it was funny as hell. Guy yelled at Mike, hey, you. Yeah, you. <laughs> brakes are smoking. Yeah, the guy yelled at you from the, you know, the highway. Say, your brakes are smoking. Your brakes are smoking. It was funny as hell. That stuff was sizzling. Yeah. What a what, what, yeah, crazy shit. But, yeah, man, I'm glad I drive good, man. I'm glad I, uh. I'm real good at it, and uh, like I said, we laid a whole bunch of gravel down, <clears throat> and that worked out good. You know, the first time I only got three tons, you know, I didn't realize that truck could hold about six tons. The man at the gravel yard said that he's going to uh, certify the truck next time I come up there. He said, I'll put a sticker on the side of your door. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, he said, I'll tell you exactly how much that you can hold, and when the DOT pulls you over. They'll have this uh, stick on your side door that you won't be over. You know, the, the vehicle's weight. You know. Because, like I said, when I put four and a half tons on, I still took a look and I was only two thirds of the way full. But part of me is like, you know what? It's just better than make another trip if we had to. But when he first put three tons in the second time, I actually looked in the bed of the truck to see if he laid it out straight so it wasn't all piled on one side like he did the other time before. I was like, holy crap, man. There's only about a halfway full. I said, ah, put another ton and a half on, man. I said, well, I said, put at least another ton and a half on. And then he put another ton and a half. And then when I looked at it, it's like, ah, two thirds full. I said, ah, you know what? Let's see how this drives with four and a half tons. So next time I try it, I'll try it like uh, five tons and see how it feels. But it drove great. I mean, I could have taken yeah. like four tons on that thing. That, that thing didn't drop down at all with all that in there either. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a truck, man. $4,500. That's a hell of a truck. That was a hell of a deal. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't try to move it today just because, uh, you know, I figured let the ground get hard one more day. And, uh, hey, Gus, did you sign in on the KL Direct TV? 
Yes, I did. All right. So I'll just sign it under the other name. Okay, I'm going to go, Carl. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. I'll talk to you soon enough, man. Just start writing letters and start taking pictures of them. Okay, I will. Yeah, I'll send you something tomorrow. All righty. All right, thanks, man. All right, good enough, man. I'll talk to you soon enough. Okay. Okay, okay bye. Yeah, I'm trying to log in under my other name. Oh, that's my other name. I don't know what the password is anymore. It's funny when you don't uh, use a password, you, you kind of forget them. But I use, I make them super simple. You want me to text it to you? No, because I didn't change the, the KL Direct TV without the letter T. So that way yeah. I can log on. and. Uh, I got both of them. Oh, you do? I don't remember giving you both. I just remember giving you the one. That's funny. So, yeah, it's getting dark outside, so I was able to go inside for a while. But I feel guilty being inside doing this show when uh, there's so much to do outside. So I just had Mike on the phone with me for about an hour, an hour and a half, just to uh, talk while I was uh, working outside. Now yeah, is that, uh, is that Mike from uh, from Upper Canada? Yeah, he's over in the Toronto, east side of Toronto. See, I thought he was over more towards the London, Hamilton, you know, Windsor side. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize he lived on that east side of, of Toronto. There's yeah, he's on the east side. I just got on the call, so I didn't hear the whole, uh, the beginning. Did, did he come down on Monday? Uh, I think he said Monday night. He got in late. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't remember when he got here. I don't remember if I, oh, that's right. He did sleep here. That first night, but uh, I don't remember if we met up at eight. You know, we might have met at Berkey's and eight, then came here and we just called it a night. I honestly, I don't remember. And uh, all I do, I do remember the next day we uh, rented out a, a U-Haul truck and uh, just a little one, just a pickup truck, just so we could have twice the amount of cars moving. I rented out a trailer from U-Haul and uh, I had my truck and my trailer, so that way. Uh, you know, I was going to drive. What I was going to do is going to drive one vehicle and be able to tow. But I said, nah, you know what? I'll just tow every freaking thing just to play it safe. Instead of breaking down, if I broke down with a, one of the cars I haven't drove for uh, years, um, that'd be able to tow the tire. You know, who'd want to fix a flat tire or, you know, something breaks on a fucking car and leave it on the side of the highway. It, it just wasn't worth it. I said, you know what? I'm just going to tow every damn thing. Instead of driving anything, that way, uh, just well, you don't have to worry about breaking down. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was pretty crazy, man. You should have seen the way I was driving, man. And like guys, like you know, uh, Mike's like, "Holy crap, man!" You know, like you could drive in reverse pretty good. And I said, "Oh hell yeah, oh, hell yeah!" Like a tractor in a trailer, driving backwards. And I said, "Oh yeah, I did really good in reverse." Yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, and then he, hey, when you got a when you got a lot of cars to move like that, can you rent a uh, a car hauler? You put six cars at a time? Are those yeah, rentable? Like yeah, like I said, um it, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't that it wasn't that expensive to do it to the U Haul way, you know, and so uh well, it worked good. Out good. no, it worked out good and uh because what was funny is um uh, I drove my dump truck down there to lay a whole bunch of gravel down and uh it was funny man, laying that gravel down. He was uh, putting it on too thin too thinly at first and I didn't realize how thin it was and it got stuck in the mud with that gravy dump truck and I was like holy Jesus 
said, how in God are we going to get this thing out? And I said, uh, so we had to shovel a whole bunch of gravel. It, it worked out, too. It was too funny, man. I got just like, you know, I just hammered it, you know, the way I get up. It was weird. It was just a lot of fun. Like you said, it was like, he's like, holy crap. He's like, right? He's like, driving the dude's hazard. He's like, because, man, I know how to make a car slide and, you know, truck slide. I mean, you know, so, and I said to him, I said, look, man, don't try to make it up here. Let me drive. He says, oh, I could do it. I said, no, you can't. He says, yes, I can. I said, you can't do it, dude. You got to go make a letter S. You know, like the directly comes up around the barn. It's not a straight shot. And I said, you, you got it. It's, it's, it's a lot of S. And I said, you ain't going to make it. And uh, he said, well, I can do this. And then he tries. like, holy shit. He's like, I'm stuck. I said, yeah, I got this. <laughs> so I was playing that. I just, like a slingshot. I just made like a big circle in the field. He just came flying. And he's like, holy crap. And I said, yeah, we're doing good. We've got some good speed. We'll do it now. I said, watch. You don't follow the S, man. You cut a straight line like a, like a dollar sign. Like you make a straight line through the S. I said, just run over every damn thing in your way. I said, just, that'll actually give you a traction. <laughs> and he's like, holy crap. You know, like you forget the ass, you just went straight through. I said, take him right, just going straight through. I'm just running over every damn thing I can, man, for the extra traction. He's like, this is fucking crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, it's warming up the, uh, the clays. Uh, yeah, you get a lot of water over there, too. I just rained and rained every damn day. He was here, I felt so bad for him because he wanted a nice sunny day to see the valley and it was a beautiful day today. It was the nicest day of the year so far. And he oh, was it was beautiful when I was down there two weeks ago. Yeah, but today was even nicer. Perfect. I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful. I mean, a nice cool breeze and not not a cloud in the sky. It, it was it was it was fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah, it a nice day here too. <clears throat> yeah, he wanted he left to go day he left to go a little early home. He was going to stay here until Saturday morning and leave Saturday morning, but he decided to leave uh, last night. Yeah, this guy said uh, U-Haul is fifty dollars a day. It's like, yeah, it's uh, it was two hundred and fifty-three dollars for seven days, so that's thirty thirty something dollars. So yeah, I guess it's kind of like fifty. It's like thirty something dollars. It's two hundred two hundred. I think it was two hundred fifty dollars for seven days. So there you go. It's like thirty thirty two dollars a day. It wasn't bad, and that was the house included. So this guy's like, holy cow, $50, $50 a day, that's a lot of money. I was like, yeah, well, compared to, say the tire blew out. Instead of getting that, I, my tire blew out on the side of the highway in one of my cars. I was like, okay. Oh, and yeah. It, it cost 50 bucks or 100 bucks to fix the tire. Then whatever damage happened to the car, it went sliding sideways and went into a ditch. I was like, oh, yeah, that really makes sense. Let's not spend $32. Let's uh Let's gamble and save the $32 and just drive a car that's been sitting on the side of my house for a year or two, and hopefully uh, the ties don't blow up. Or, you know. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, everybody's in a different place. Right? Uh, yeah, but they don't know uh, my cars, man. They don't know my cars are old. Everything I own is 20, 30 years old. I mean, I, I, it's like, holy yeah, cow. Yeah, you got a lot of tires and. You know, all sorts of things could go wrong. You know, you yeah. haven't had a chance to go through all of them yet. Yeah. So, like I said, it was a, uh, it was funny. The neighbors, man, came over by the fence and they uh, yelled over, like, "Is that you know what are those cars you got over there? Are they Rolls Royces?" And I said, "Rolls Royces, Studebakers." He's like, "Studebakers." He said, "Looks like a Rolls Royce." I said, "No, no, no, no. 
the grill. They took a look at that mafia gangster German grill-looking thing. Yeah, that black one is absolutely incredible. That thing is so nice. The red one looks great, but the black yeah. one, uh, you know, with the with the Craigers on it, yeah, I, I I was looking at the pictures on eBay when you got it, and uh, I, I downloaded all the pictures off of eBay. Every now and That's then I'll run across them. It's a nice car. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when I went underneath there to put the hook under there to, to tow it. I was like, holy cow, man! I think it's beautiful. But the only thing bad is they had Mickey Mouse frames. I mean, they really didn't really didn't do a very good frame. You know, I was underneath there, I was like, holy cow, this is just Mickey Mouse, the frame. And, uh, yeah. man, this car on the load must twist like crazy. <clears throat> so, uh, that's why I was thinking about playing a different frame. That's why, it's like, why did I get the freaking Thunderbirds? And I was like, oh, that's right, the Thunderbirds are the same exact width and wheelbase as a Studebaker, and people, I went on, like, a Studebaker website, and they say, if you want a decent frame with an independent suspension all around, like a Corvette, they say uh, Thunderbirds have that suspension. So you could stick a Thunderbird underneath a Studebaker without doing too much work. So it's like, that's why I got all these freaking Thunderbirds. So I started to figure out why I had a freaking Thunderbird to begin with. It's like, I don't like these cars. Oh, I got all these freaking cars. And then once I drove one, I was like, holy but Jesus, this thing is freaking fast. And then I then I just said okay. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, I had a I had a '77 Monte Carlo and I loved it with the big doors, the swivel bucket seats, and uh, that's what the that's what those Thunderbirds remind me of. They've got the same size doors. You know, it, it's just a it's a two door coupe, but it's just a yeah. nice car, nice ride. Yeah. And the uh, the seats you had upholstered redone uh, yeah. this summer. Uh, those seats came out beautiful. They're real comfortable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I did that uh, five-speed up, the five-speed car, and uh, I just got to do little dopey things like put the marker lights back. You know what? I might paint it one more time. You know, I didn't like the way it came out. So uh, it don't it don't take me nothing to paint a car. It just takes me uh, about 12 hours, and, uh, you know, to, to do it right, you know, the way I do it. And uh, so I didn't even take the uh, overspray off, like the, the windows, there, like the windshield and stuff like that. And also, of course, I said to myself, you know what? I'll wait for the weather to get nice. And I'm going to, uh, you know, do some sort of like a quarantine hut going on. You know, I'll make, I, I just found that great these all plastic. And like I said, my, uh, my mom's husband, he uh, used to build greenhouses for a living. So uh, I used to help him sometimes. And uh, just use the old hoops and throw in great huge sheets of uh, polypropylene and big plastic over it. So that's all I'll probably do. I'll probably build something like that to uh, work on my cars and spray paint. And, uh, yeah, when I spray paint, it, it, I don't know, man. I'm really good at spray painting for some reason. I don't know. I'm just I'm just really good at it. And uh, it was funny when we uh, did it over at Jimmy's house, though. We uh, put the car, we spray painted. It came out fucking fantastic. And we rolled it out of the garage. And, uh, I don't know, it sat out there, you know, you know, we got done around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, put it outside. About 9 o'clock at night, it started to rain. I said, eh, you know what, it, it's fine. <laughs> it, it's probably hard enough, but not fine now. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about it. You yeah, know, a Jimmy's couple like, hours will take much more than a couple hours. Yeah, Jimmy's like, now we better get inside. I said, eh, okay, let's get it inside. Holy cow, when we got it inside the next day, man, it looks like a, uh, like, like a, 
like uh, what do they call it? Uh, like hail hit the car. You know, like everything was dimpled. Oh, really? Was, yeah, little little tiny dimples. You know, it's just a. Um, Looks like hammered metal. Yeah, but it was little tiny, tiny, little tiny uh, dimples. You know, it just it had a texture to it, almost like an orange. Oh. You know, like like an orange peel and like an orange skin. It had little oh. tiny like dimples in it because uh, I realized it's like well, you know, the gas is trapped under the the clear and uh, the, 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 the urethane, you know, the enamel uh, has a like a it, it's it, it's it's supposed to take a while to set up and flow out. But water has some sort of a wicked reaction to it, you know. It's like mixing water with like sodium or, or is it either sodium or potassium? Like the potassium actually explodes. I don't know if, if you stick a piece of pure sodium. I think it's a piece of pure sodium in a glass of water. It's a lot. Of, uh, you put it in a you don't put it in a glass. You put it in some steel container, like a steel pail. I think it's a sodium. If you drop a piece of sodium like in a steel bucket, you'll see this piece of sodium go around like a whirlpool. It'll, it'll go crazy in the water. The reaction it has to water is, is unbelievable. And uh, it'll spin, spin, and spin around the, the bucket, and then it'll explode. You know, it gets it to a certain level. It's just it's funny. It makes like this hell of a whirlpool, and it just explodes. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it must be some sort of chemical reaction with the water with the with the polyurethane and the urethane, and uh, holy crap, it just, it looked like holy hell. So uh, I had this, I said, Jimmy, I said, I don't worry about it. I'll just smooth sand it out like, you know, 1,500 grit, make it baby smooth. And, and I was like, you know what? It, it, it just doesn't have that shine. So I said to myself, you know what? Before I put this thing on the road, I said, I'll just wait till the springtime. I'll get some sort of little uh, paint booth thing going on. <clears throat> and I'll do it again. I said, no big deal. I said, it's already black. I said, it won't take it long to, to do it, you know, just make it nice one more time. I'll just, uh, like I said, Jimmy's garage is not a perfect place to be painting. <laughs> well, you're sure sounding better. What's that? You sound you sound better than you did last time I talked to you. I don't think I've talked to you since... Tuesday, oh, yeah, right? it's funny. I felt bad for Mike. When Mike was here on Tuesday and Wednesday, I was, like, hurting. My body was still hurting because I haven't moved. I haven't physically twisted or bent over. I haven't done anything. And uh, I was miserable, man. My body was just aching. And um, I had a very curt, you know what I'm saying, I had a short-tempered with it. I mean, I was... You know, it's like, I got my style of doing things. This is the way I told Carl. And this is the way I've always told him. Don't try to give me advice. Don't try to tell Dude, dude, don't. You know, I, I got this. I have so effing got this. Dude, not, you know, I kept saying, calling him, sir. <laughs> you know, trying to be nice. You know, sir, I've got this. Sir, you know. <laughs> you know, because he's Canadian. He just wants to help. He's a friendly guy. You know, he's a nice guy. You know, he, he just wants to help. They're just nice people. And. You know, sometimes when somebody's trying to help you too much, it's like, you know, and you're miserable and you're tired and you're like, dude, 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 just, just stop. I've got this. You know, and he's just trying to be helpful. So, uh, like I said, thank God the last day, uh, Friday, I said to him around 5 o'clock at night, uh, we were fucking hammering it. I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of work that we did. And that's what he said, too. He says, man, I can't wait to go back to work to take a break from you. He says, it's ridiculous how... Uh, how much work you're doing, how hard you push yourself. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
I said, on Friday, I felt great. I was like, I was like about 5.30 in the afternoon. I said, man, compared to yesterday, I was miserable by 3, 4, 5 o'clock. It was hot. It was sweaty. It was a steam bath down here. I said, man, I said, you know what? I'm fine. I feel great. My body's, uh, I guess I bent and twisted enough and, you know, eat a ton of eggs. I said, my body feels good. I said, I guess maybe I just got all the stuff out of me. Like I said, it's funny. It's like there's a lactic acid buildup in your muscles when you don't move. And uh, you actually got to move your muscles to get the lactic acid out of your muscles. You got to squish it out. You got to physically, like, squeeze it, like, wring it out like a towel. What puts so, it in there in the first place? It's just, uh, it's just a byproduct of your muscles, you know, existing. You know, just a byproduct muscles actually just physically, and that's just like the, the waste. It's like if you weight lift, you get that bad burn. That's because it's acid. Your body is lactic acid. It's just acid. It's just like citric acid or any kind of acid. It burns. So yeah. You weight lift and you get that burn in your muscles. It's, it's lactic acid buildup. Wow. And uh, your muscles are squirting out the lactic acid. You know, you're using them and you're squirting it out. So like I said, but when I was just sitting in a vegetative state, you know, for like three weeks, my body still creating lactic acid, whether I like it or not. And uh, and like I said, it was just uh, I was, it was just painful. It was miserable. So, um, you know, it was hurt to bend. You know, so it was like, this is just painful. So like I said, I guess I did enough work by Friday that uh, my body was back to, everything was back to normal. You know, everything was squeezed out. Everything was, you know, twisted, bent, twisted. I mean, Laying in the mud. I mean, it was filthy, man. And it's funny. I got like, I got like six pairs of pants, man. The five is just like totally destroyed right now, you know, because they're just full of clay. Everything's just full of freaking clay. Like I said, this poor guy, you know, <laughs> he, uh, I guarantee he'd never seen this kind of clay in his life. And it was a steam bath. And he went back home and uh, he said he got a sunburn on his head. He got a sunburn on his shoulders. He says he's all sunburned up because we were outside. And, uh, yeah, he said, you know, he said, you could tell your wife you were hanging out at the poolside, you know, at the swimming pool at the hotel all day. That's why you got a sunburn. <laughs> but no, I pushed this guy. You know, and I didn't do it like I did to Jimmy Lynn. I pushed Jimmy Lynn like, holy cow. Oh, Jimmy Lynn says hi, by the way. He got a hold of me this week. I told him I couldn't talk. I was in the middle of putting some paperwork together. But uh, he says uh, his, his schedule's uh, loosened up a little bit. Uh, he's planning on getting in touch with you. Yeah, yeah, we talked about an hour the other day, and uh, I was oh, going to cool. call with Mike, and uh, I called up Jimmy Lynn tonight, and I was going to have Jimmy Lynn talk, you know, all night. I was just going to let him talk <laughs> yeah. for four or five hours because uh, I love the stuff he's got to say. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, did you ever, um, you, you never met him, but did you ever talk to him? Yeah, we've we've been uh, friends on Skype. Uh, for probably close to a year, and yeah, we've we've had uh, many conversations. You know, a oh, year ago, not, not yeah, he disappeared about a year ago, a little over a year yeah. ago now. Back in November of 2013, he had to take care of some personal business, and um, so he's been gone. You know, but I love talking to him on the show, and uh, he, you know, there's just some certain people I just love talking to on the show, and if I could get them to, to talk to me. At night, just we were just talking bullshit. There's so much information that could pop out. But like I said, I got I have to find somebody who um, 
Um, like I said, who's a like I said, even somebody, somebody like a Dean Clifford kind of guy, you know, even like a, a vice premier candidate was told about earlier, somebody who has a totally different point of view at something, and then we just bounce things back and forth, and you know, and he's good at his uh, beliefs, and I'm good at my beliefs, and uh, it's just nice to have somebody who is that adamant about a certain subject, and he's not going to be moved. And I'm that adamant about something, and I'm not going to be moved. So it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I was talking to Mike earlier about the Vice Premier of Canada I had in the call for like 20, 30 minutes in Las Vegas. And uh, I was not going to convince him that the Canadian government wasn't just a total joke. And he was never going to believe that the American way of life, the United States American way of life, was not anything but a total joke. And... uh, we we were slugging it out. We were putting up. I was putting up a great fight for the USA, and he was putting up a great fight for Canada. And it was completely opposite beliefs. And you know what? His beliefs sounded fucking great. And I guarantee my beliefs sounded. It sounded my beliefs sounded great to me. And uh, his beliefs sounded great to me too. I was like, you know what? If you want to live in a nanny state, if you want to be, you know, mommy, you know, the total health care, you want, you know, limited access to your natural resources, if you want to be controlled by the government, if you want to be micromanaged, you know what? If you want mommy, that's fine. You know what? But I want to live in a, in a in like in a daddy daddy state, you know, like a conquer, destroy, you know, build, rebuild. I, I like like living in the United States. And so I like living in the, the wild, wild west mentality, the yippee cowboy shit. I said, you know, it's fun. You get to do whatever the hell you want and don't get in my damn way. You know, we're going to make it happen. We don't need the government. Get the hell out of our way. We'll figure this out. I don't need permission. I don't need a permit. I don't need any, you know, I've got this. We've got this. We don't need you. Thank you anyway. I said, again, and I said God bless you Canadians. That's a completely opposite. And you're only a couple of miles away. And I said, yeah, I have a whole different universe going on up there. So, like I said, it's fun when I could battle with somebody, their beliefs, and they're that strong and they sound damn good. And I love it. I love arguing with people. You know, I love it. It's just like when I did do with Billy Thornton or Bill Thornton. You know, and that lady was like, no call, you know. You know, uh, you got your beliefs and Bill's got his. And Bill's like, you know what, I'll change over the calls so I can believe in a heartbeat if they work. And I said, yeah, Bill. I said, you know, I've changed over your way, but I can't see where you're going with this. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see anything there. You know, if I've seen something mad, believe me, buddy, I'd do some of your stuff, but I don't see anything. I don't see where it could, where I could get anywhere with it. And I said, I, you know, it's, it's it's nice what you're doing. I said, it's cute, but I just don't see it. I just, I just don't see where you're going with this. But it's nice that at least, you know, at least he was, uh, and the lady told him, he said, well, call, look, you have your beliefs, and Bill, you, Bill has his beliefs, and you know, you should just leave it at that. And Bill jumped to shit. And she said, no, if, if I could do Causeway and Causeway works, you better believe him. I forget about my beliefs. I'll throw my beliefs in the toilet in a heartbeat. And that's what I said to that lady, too. I said, ma'am, do you think if somebody came on here, other than me and Bill, somebody named Joe, and he was a 14-year-old kid, and he told me that he could do it quicker, faster than I could do it in three moves instead of eight moves? I said, you don't think I chucked my eight moves in the toilet in a crapper? And, and do it some other kid's way. I don't care if he's a kid. I, I have no, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, like that deadly sin pride. I got no fucking that, that pride nonsense. 
but it gets me in my way. I said, if I could find a quicker, faster, better way, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. If this kid fucking found a new way how to do it, God bless him. You know, if he figured out how to make the wheel quicker, faster, truer, stronger, you know, last longer, what, I'm going to use this old piece of crap rubber wheel? I got fuck no. I'm going to follow the kid. What do you got, kid? That's called polyurethane. Oh, I'm using rubber. Good, what are you using? Oh, I'm using a rock. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to forget my rubber way. You're going to forget your stone way, Bill? Yeah, I, I think we'll do this polyurethane shit. And the lady's like, no, 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 I'll stick with your old shit. I said, no, we're not stupid. If we could find a tool that makes the job quicker, faster, easier, we're going to do it. We're not here for entertainment. We're not here to prove something. We're here to get the damn job done and go on with our lives. So it was nice to hear somebody like Bill who didn't have that stupid, you know, pride nonsense going on. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do it this way, you know, even if it takes 10,000 moves. I was like, oh, Jesus, Lord, dude. Why don't we see if we can find some kid who will come on one day and do it the show us a bolt up and do it in three moves and be done. I said, you better believe I'm going to follow that kid. I got better things to do in my life. But I said, until I could figure out a quicker, easier, faster way, I said, I'm going to stick with what I got because I don't hear anything better. And if I do, believe me, I'll, I'll tell the guy, thank God bless you, man. You, you just saved me like another fucking uh, two, three moves. Oh, thank God. You showed me how to nail these bastards even quicker. God bless you. And it was that a better thing to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I just went to court again this week. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> and uh, she uh, didn't, uh, I mean, she kept, she stood her ground, and the hearing lasted like six minutes. It was scheduled for a half hour. The the, the man uh, acting as judge didn't get jurisdiction at all. He was, she, she, she was having it out with him very politely, and he realized that this is going to be a really bad day, and he pulled the plug on the hearing and just walked out. That's funny. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's going through the divorce, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what? What? Were they in, in matrimonial court or family court? What were they in? What was the actual title of the court? It's a it's a family court. That's your typical family court contract stuff. Hey, hey. But is that what it was literally called? Was it called family court, like on a, on a document, on, on any of the paperwork? Oh, yeah, or? yeah okay, it's, the family, it's the family division of the, uh, the district court. Okay, so it wasn't probate court, it wasn't matrimonial court, it was family court. Okay. I was just wondering, because like I said, man, you, you can move it up to so many other different courts to get it out of there, you know what I'm saying? If you have any crap with the family court, because family court is the lowest, most Mickey Mouse bullshit court that there is. Oh, yeah. You know, their, it, their rules and their procedures are ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like I said, it was the same thing. I was trying to help a man who was in matrimonial court in uh, New York. And uh, he said something or did something in court, and he was held in contempt. I said, dude, of course you're in contempt. He's like, why? You're in their court. They've got their rules. You're playing handball in the, in the handball court, and, you know, but, the, you know, now they're over in a tennis court. You, you can't use handball rules in a tennis court. You can't do it, dude. You just look ridiculous. So it's like I said, it's like using um, it's just um, it's just um, what do they call that um? I catch them all. Funny here. I said you can't use um, 
You've got to follow their rules and their procedures. Here in matrimonial court, you can't use common law crap. You can't start calling out, I don't need the man to come forward, I need the woman. No, you can't use that shit. If you're in matrimonial court, you've got to play under their rules, under their verbiage, their terms of art, their style. You're going to be held in contempt. It's that simple. You're just going to apologize profusely and say, oh, I thought I was in a handball court. Oh, I thought I was in a common law. I thought I was in a civil court. Oh, I thought I was in a... Sorry about that. Was I not following proper procedure? If I, you know, caused a wrong or a trespass, you know, it's just because I'm not skilled. And that's memorial court. Can you please forgive me? And uh, from now on, I'll try to proceed in an orderly manner. And I told this to this guy like a week ago. He came over here to help me uh, clean the house. And uh, he did a hell of a job cleaning. I mean, he threw like two, three bags of garbage out of the kitchen like a lump, man. It was incredible. And uh, did a good job. But um, he... Uh, hope, you didn't let him, hope you didn't let him get rid of the green juice. <clears throat> and, uh, that just stuff just turned to mold after a while. <laughs> I figured it's probably better. It's probably better now. It's all moldy. It's probably got more of a kick to it. Absolutely. And it's it's oxygenated now. <coughs> so, uh, nah, I do that stuff out. So, uh, I didn't drink that stuff. That's nasty. So, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're supposed to drink it when I made it for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it only takes about three. Two or three days to mold on the counter. That's some healthy stuff. Yeah, I'm sure did it is. Did you ever drink the MMS? Nah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I should have said, yeah, I did. Didn't yeah, I wouldn't believe it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, the stuff was so fucking tasty, man. I don't know. No, I didn't even, I didn't even put my finger in the taste, but I'm not like, nah, going to doing this. This is, this is Drano or something like that. <laughs> Uh, I was coughing when I I, I I was drinking it all the time. I was down there to make sure I didn't catch nothing, and I, uh, I was coughing a little bit when I came home and I finished the gallon that I made for me, and uh, and I was fine. But I I did cough a cough a little bit. Yeah, because it was funny. It was I was um, talking to somebody. I think I think maybe it was Mike, and I was telling him about like that stuff on the counter, like the MMS, or whatever. And then I said to him, um, I said, well, hell, Gus even drinks um, a DMSO. And he didn't know what, he didn't even know what DMSO was. And, really? Uh, yeah. So Mike's been working at a, like a general motor plant for 33 or 37 years. Yeah. So uh, he doesn't have much experience in, uh, you know, other than going to work and coming home. So and the only reason why he's listening to this show is because of CRA. Yeah, you know, there's you know. a lot of people that want to get in touch with uh, with with uh, is that is it Jason that's out uh, out west in Canada? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot Jason's of people want guy. to get in touch with him. Yeah, Jason's a good guy. I yeah. like Jason. Does he have a website? Is there some way to get a hold of him? I have no there? idea. I have no idea. But he, yeah, yeah, I like Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I guess I could. Uh, you know, I got to ask Jason if he wants anybody to contact him or anything like that. Because <clears throat> he's got two kids and uh, a wife. <clears throat> you know, he takes care of like a, a billion acres for the Indians. So uh, he's got a lot of a lot on his plate. He's got a job. 
that he travels for for a lot, and um, like he leaves his family behind for a while. And you know, most I guess most Canadians do that. They want to make real money. You know, they got to go out to the tundra and go make some money and come on back. You know, when they get a chance to. So he doesn't, uh, you know. Like I said, I don't know if he really wants to be bothered with people. Um, give him, you know, you know, asking him all kinds of questions like that. You know, whatever little bit of time he's got with his wife and kids. You know, I'm not sure if he wants to do it. Normal people asking him questions. You know, he's not like you or me. You know, we're we're home. You know, he's on he's on the road. You know, making a living. And then, like I said, he he's worked out some sort of deal with an Indian nation up there in Canada to run like a billion acres up there to run bison and stuff like that. So, um... That's what I want. Yeah. That's some some good meat. Yeah. So, like I said, he's a very, uh... He's great that he's young, too. Thank God. God bless him. Tons of energy, you know. Uh, Not old old like us, huh? Yeah, you're you're a youngster. (laughs) So like I said, um, he's got so many irons in the fire, it's not even funny. You know, it's, you know, God bless him. You know, like I said, that he's that, that uh, trying to make the magic happen. You know, like I said, uh, and like I said, the Indians trust him and stuff like that. So, and he worked out some sort of deal with them. So, um. It's funny, man. He says, uh, oh, I just read a message that he just sent me. I know I seen a message from him back on uh, April Fool's Day, so I don't know if this was a joke or not. He says, I was supposed to be in court this morning, got there, and found out that everything was withdrawn in February, but they didn't tell me. All thanks to what I learned from you. So that was a nice letter from a nice text message. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Everybody wants to see the uh, the case file, the null process letter, and all the you other know, you got all these skeptical people who just, uh, they have to have proof. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I'll ask Jason what this uh, what this was about. But like I said, it was funny. I, I love it, man. It's funny. Like I said, uh, <clears throat> let me see another message before that. He says, hey, buddy, sorry I was traveling as well. Things are kicking into gear again. I think I will have to make a claim soon and move my own case. Would you be on board to coach me along the way? I think I will do okay, but may need a hand from time to time. So, yeah, like I said, it was funny. He just, uh, yeah, then the next one was I was supposed to be in court this morning, got there, and found out everything was withdrawn in February. Didn't tell me. All thanks to what I learned from you. So that's good. So, I mean, it's nice to hear stuff like that. You know, you know, he sent me he sent me a Christmas package. That was nice. You know, like a whole bunch of maple syrups and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, a whole bunch of different kinds. And uh, nice box, too. That it came in like a treasure chest kind of looking thing. It's pretty funny. So I'm glad that it's working out for him because he's a good guy. I mean, it's, he's a really good guy. And it's funny. Uh, when I was up there talking to him, you know, just some people, when I talk to, like I said, I, I meet some dicey people. <laughs> so I'm like, there's no freaking way this guy's going to, no way. This guy's never going to get it. You know, he's just not going to get it. You know, it's a thinking man's game. You got to have ethics. You got to have morals. You got to have values. You, you got to be a decent human being. And some of the people I go and I fly and I meet, they're like, there's no way. There's no way this guy's ever going to get it. 
You know, I could talk to this guy until I'm purple, and I'm telling you, he ain't going to get it. Why? Because he just doesn't have ethics or morals or values or, or class. It, it, it's just, it doesn't exist. It, it's missing. There's too much missing here. I, you know, you can't put this into somebody that there's too many pieces missing. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, you made it really clear, and I've heard you say it on the calls, you know, you, you told me face-to-face when, you know, when I was down there, and, and I've heard it since. And, uh, you know, and the more I hear it, I knew, I mean, it, it rang true, but the more I hear it, the more I realize how, you know, there's no way around it. If you don't believe in God enough to believe that you were created in his image and that everything in that courtroom, everything that you're dealing with, all this paper is not above you, it's not superior to you, it, it doesn't control. If you don't believe in God enough to, to, to you know, if you don't see that pecking order, you're never going to get this stuff. You're always going to think that they must have some kind of authority, and you're just never going to be able to get it. Yeah, well, it was like I was told when I was a kid in school, and I'm sure you had some kid in school that the teachers always said the same thing to them all the time. So you think this is a game, so this is a joke, huh? I said, of course this is a game. I said, what else can this be? I said, you figure this out. I said, there's no way to figure this out. You know, this is this is some sort of game. And I said, I'm just some, you know, pawn on the game. I said, I'm just here, and I exist. Why? Who put me here? Who's God? Who knows? That's just what, you know, instead of driving yourself crazy trying to figure it out, you just say, you know what? I'm just here for the ride. I'm just here, and I'm going to play the game out until the game ends and see where it goes. I'm not going to try to figure it out no more. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go along for the ride. So, like I said, the teacher used to say to me, so you think this is a joke? Yep. You think everything's a game? Yep, absolutely. Lots of games. This is all a joke. You people are getting so worked up over nothing. You're getting so upset. that like the teacher to say, well, if you don't do this, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, hopefully an apple picker out in Oregon making two cents a day. Hopefully a migrant working running down to Texas to pull some lettuce out of the ground when it's 103 degrees outside in the shade. That's what I hope to accomplish. I said, don't you worry about me. I said, God will provide. It'll be okay. Wherever I am, I'll be fine. And they kept trying to convince me that if I didn't do it their way, all holy hell is going to break loose in my life. I said, you know what? I'll risk that. You know what? What you're telling me sounds dicey. So you know what? Uh, it don't feel it don't feel right. So you know what? I'm going to do it my way. I was like, if you do it your way, you're never going to, you know, you know, ever excel. You're never going to be, you know, middle management like I am. I said, well, gee, sorry, I'm going to be in the middle somewhere like you. And that's a shame. I'd rather be picking cabbage for two cents a day, or uh, like, the, or doing like what I'm trying to do now, trying to accomplish something that nobody else is going to accomplish. So it's either to be on one end or the other, either just be happy picking cabbage or trying to accomplish something that nobody else can than be in the middle. I'd rather be at one end or the other. I'd rather be living in a storage unit or living in the back of my car, you know, living, you know, day-to-day living in this, you know, auto body shop, you know, just surviving, pulling crap out of garbage bales, or be the king. But I don't want to be in the middle. Being in the middle is boring and bullshit. So I'm, out of, yeah. I'm all in all the time. So when you're all in all the time, you know, 99% of the time you're going to lose. You're going to crap out. Oh, well. 
That's the only way I play all in all the time. It works, it works, and don't it That's why, like I said, when I got back Thanksgiving, my mom said that in front of, you know, my sister-in-law said, who's your favorite child? And she said, call. And my, you know, like, my sister-in-law, like, lost her, you know, mind. It's like, how in the world can you insult all your other children by saying, actually picking one out? It's because he's crazy. But he's a good crazy. But he's crazy. He's always up to something. He's all over the freaking place. He's, he, you never know where this guy's going to pop up next, where the next postcard's going to come from. You have a clue. You know, he's always into something. Trouble, not trouble, happy, joy, you know. He's winning, he's losing, whatever. But the guy's out there, you know, he's he's living. He's all in. He's, he's going, you know, he's he's pushing it. Seeing how far he can take it. You know, just like Mike said, he says, then you drive like the Dukes of Hazard. He said, you know... <laughs> He said, you're fucking crazy. I said, yeah, but I'm in control of crazy. I said, believe me, I, I know how far these things can be pushed. I said, I've built these things since I was 14 years old. I said, I put my first roll cage in a car when I was 17. I know exactly what these things are capable of doing and not doing. I said, I have no fear of these things. And I said, look, you've worked on them in the assembly plant your whole life, but, you know, I drove these things and built these things by hand. I, you know, I know exactly what they can and cannot do. I know that limits. I know my limits. You know, and then you just push it to the limit. And that's what I try to do with all this, this paperwork, this court stuff. You know, you just push it. And I, and I think I just make the judges laugh their asses off. The judges say, holy shit, this guy's pushing it. He's going right to the edge. Like, let's see if he can hold the edge. And then when you hold the edge, the judge says, fuck, I was stuck. Fantastic. The motherfucker pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that was entertaining. You know, I'll be glad to see, like I said, uh, in that court in England, when they opened up the court for business after lunch, you know, the, the, when I walked in, this guy looked like a beefier kind of guy. You know, those guys with the funny hats. They don't smile, don't do shit. He opened up the building and he winked at me and, and he gave me a thumbs up because he was the, the, the magistrate in the court under the judge. And I told Bobby, I said, I think I got something going on good here. He's like, what? The magistrate just fucking winked at me and gave me the thumbs up. He said, it's him? That motherfucking, I've never seen him crack a smile ever. He says, well, he fucking gave me a wink. He didn't smile. He gave me a wink and he gave me a thumbs up. I guess he likes what he's hearing in the courtroom. And uh, he says, you kidding me? I said, no, I shit you not. So, yeah, he just looked like a, uh, just a grouchy old fucking big bear of a fucking man. You know, I just you know, I hate the world. But he must have loved the performance I was putting on in the court. And like I said, the judge did too. Full of performance, man. You know, like I said, you try on your suit in front of the court. And you know, actually, to me, I say, I actually tell people, like, you open up a suitcase, you put on a, a suit. Now, what kind of suit are you going to pull out? Are you going to put on a, a zoot suit with these ridiculous shoulders and pinstripes? You're you going to try to pull this fucking stunt off? Oh, yeah, really? Oh, this is going to be cool. Let's see, let's see if he's going to fucking uh, pull this. Everybody else is pulling out the, the business fucking uh, lawyer legal suit. What's this guy coming in with? Holy crap. And what's his exhibits and what's what's his accoutrements that he attached to this suit? Holy crap. He's going there with it? Oh, boy, this could be fun. I ain't seen one of these in a long time. It's all entertainment, man. It's all bullshit. It's like Johnny Cochran. You know, the glove don't fit. You must have quit. It's all bullshit. It's all... It's just a circus. You know, everybody in the jury knew fucking O.J. Simpson was guilty of sin. Everybody knew it. And that's what, like, the little old lady said. 
issue sin as a jury. He said, we all knew he was guilty of sin, but according to the rules, there's certain, you know, that they must abide by, and they were never going to prove it. But yeah, he asked us, he asked anyone in the jury, did he kill him? Absolutely, he killed him. You know, we're not stupid. <laughs> you know, we just have to abide by the rules. And these are the rules of this procedure, that these elements must be met. And we knew she'd never meet these elements, so we knew we'd have to let him go. After 30 days, we all knew we had to let him go. No matter that we all knew he's guilty of sin. There's nothing we could do. We were bound by these rules of this court. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, you'd bind them by the wrong freaking rules of their court. And that way, hey, is this a court procedure? Don't you must establish this and this? They say, no, we don't have to establish this and this. Oh, really? If you don't have to need to establish this and this, I will open my court, and you will fucking have to abide by these rules. You know, so that's the whole thing. It's like, look, if you don't fucking want to abide by the common, you know, rules of, you know, of the people, I'm going to make you. You're not going to just pass into legislature into your ridiculous law, your silly codes, saying, well, you know, it's Congress said we're going to tax the people 99.99% of their pay, and you know what are you going to do? It's just an act of Congress, and it's the law, and you got to fucking pay it. And that's what I say a million times. they got actuaries that realize over the centuries just how much other people are going to take because the people law say, that's ridiculous, we're not going to do it anymore. I used to tell people back in the 80s, in the 90s, they used to tell them all the time that work is like, so they take 33% of your pay, huh? Yeah. And uh, what do you do about it? Oh, no, it's nothing. You just whine and grumble about it. You're like, look at all the money they took out. Yeah, okay. Next year when they take out uh, 34%, what are you going to do? Uh, you're going to grumble. You ain't going to do shit. The year after that, they take 40. The year after that, they take 60. The year after that, they take 99.9. When are you going to finally have the balls big enough to say, this is effing crazy? And I ain't going to take it no more. When are you going to finally say, you know what, 33? Eh, you know what, you tolerate it. And you don't think these people who are who are creating these laws understand just how much you will take because you're too much of a wimp to say you are not taking one dime, one penny, one farthing, one breath, one hair, one, you ain't taking n- nothing of mine. Absolutely zero. I'll tolerate nothing. I said, then they know how much you, you'll tolerate. They know how much you'll put up with. Because you're a bunch of lazy fuckers, you don't, you don't care. You'll just say, "Oh well, you know, oh well, well, you know, what are, what are you going to do? You know, the, the city hall, what are you going to do?" It's like, no, they're not going to take one. They're not going to take one thing. It's just like when I was a, a kid, man. I had uh, my dad gave me a call, and my dad was gone. He uh, uh, the call was worth nothing. I mean, it, it had like mouse droppings in uh, under the hood. I mean, the mice are squirrel ate the seats. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was all rusted to hell. Hell, we used to call it chippy. You know, it was all the paint was all chipped, so we called it chippy. So, uh, but it was a good call to just try to practice working on building engines, transmission. I got it running and stuff, but uh, never fixed it up. But I remember the county or the town came by and they said that they want to take it because it didn't, it wasn't registered, insured, or it looked ugly or something. And I remember I said uh, to my mom, I said, I went outside and uh, I sat on the hood with a shotgun. And my mom said, what are you doing? I said, the first man or woman touches this fucking car, they will die. I said, I know I'll die at a bit, you know, a hail of gunfire. They will shoot me down deader than a, you know, a box of hammers, man. I will be dead. I said, but any man touches this car with a hook, a chain, I will bless in the kingdom come. I said, this is my property. 
and it will stay my property as long as I'm alive. Until I no longer wish it to be my property, then I'll relinquish it. But until then, as far as I'm concerned, this was my dad's. He gave it to me, and I will die for this thing. My mom's like, oh, you don't got to be so dramatic. It's only a car. I said, no, it's the principle. It's not the car. It's the principle. When do you draw the line and say, nobody will trespass on this property, and nobody will take anything from me? Because, like I said, they've just passed a law in the town of Islip saying that uh, all vehicles must be covered or all vehicles must be insured or registered or something. It's like, look, I'm not tolerating this. I said, just because you guys are creating laws and ordinances and codes, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm saying, you will not put a hand on this car or you will lose that hand. Now, I said, I'm sure if the tow truck guy comes in and tries to put a hook on it, he'll be scared out of his mind. So I said, go ahead, buddy, just touch this thing. Just touch it. I don't care. He's like, dude, you got 5,000 cops pointing, snipers pointing at your head. I do shit. Touch this effing car. You're going to go down. And then, yeah, I'm going to have my brains blown out of my skull, but that's okay. It's worth dying for. Because that's the way I was raised. That's the way my dad taught me. Now, my brother would have been reasonable. My sister would have been reasonable. My mom, everybody else in my family would have been reasonable. But not my dad, not me. I'm not reasonable. If this is black and this is white. This is mine and this is yours. This is property. This ain't your property. I get to use and enjoy it, not you. You must ask permission. You must beg me to allow you to use it. Don't you think that you're just going to take it? So like I said, it's just, um, I've just always had that belief. And like I said, and other people say, well, Carl, it's just not worth dying for. Of course it wasn't. I had a, you could say it wasn't worth it. Like physical money, it wasn't. The car was a piece of junk. You know, but it was mine. And it was something my dad had. And then he gave it to me, you know, when he left. And, my, you know, retail value was worth maybe 50 bucks. You know, scrap metal. It wasn't worth shit. But it was mine. And that was the whole point. Did I have much better cars than that? You better believe it. I had that Camaro. I had a beautiful Impala convertible. Oh, yeah. You know, that car was, was just a, a flower pot, you know, plant up. <laughs> you know, weeds going through it. I mean, but it was mine. And that was the whole point. Nobody was going to create a law to trespass on my property and touch my stuff. I don't care how many democracies there was. I don't care how many votes were against me. I don't care. And like I said, that's the whole thing. You have to have that mental that mental understanding, that mental... It's a lifestyle. That understand that that's your property, and I'm not going to be reasonable about this. And it's just that simple. Yeah. You know, you can't be reasonable because you try to reason with these fuckers and they're a master of words. They're going to eat you for lunch. It's like making a deal with the devil. It's that simple. I mean, I don't know how many movies I should find online about making a deal with the devil and how bad it fucking blows up on people and making a deal with a genie and how bad it blows up on a guy. Yeah, well, they just want me to let them in the house so they can see that the kitchen sink is clean, you know? That's all. Yeah, that's all they wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's like that lady who called me up from... Uh, Belize trying to keep the cops out of her house. You know, how many times they were trying to be reasonable. Like, look, we just want to see the kid. But funny, what did I tell her? Ask him for a cell phone number. Yeah, text them a picture. Text them pictures. <laughs> you see with your eyes, not with your hands. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it's like everything they were saying is like, I, I had a character move. You know, you know, it's like, well, is that your wish? You want to see a picture? You want to see the kid? Yeah, I'll grant your wish. Here you go. 
No, oh, you mean you physically want to touch her? Well, not, that's not going to happen. Because you drop her, you, and she falls on her head, and you break her spine, she's quadriplegic. What are you going to do? You, you're going to give me 50 bucks and say, oopsie, I'm sorry, I dropped your kid? No, I don't think so. She's too valuable to let a clown like you handle it. Oh, you, you, give them, uh, you send them the text, the text message with the picture, and your PayPal account said, that would be 50 bucks. What's your next order? <laughs> Well, we were just playing it nice. We were just saying, is that your wish? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't asking them at the level of an order. Oh. Because I, I didn't want them to come kicking in the door. Ah, gotcha. So we were just being sweet as ply. Just saying, oh, is that all you wish for? Oh, not a problem. I could definitely uh, carry out your wish. Not a problem. Give me a second. You got a cell phone? Yeah, there you go. You're probably like, oh, smart ass. What is this, a joke? Everything's just a game? This is funny to you, lady? Yeah, it is. It's hysterical. But you well, there's, uh, I don't know if you're watching the board. There's some people with their hands up. There's a South Texas, South Nevada tadpole and a, and a Corazon. Uh, but there's also, uh, for the sake of the recording, I don't know if uh, Damien's on. Damien and his wife are in Alabama, and they got uh, five or six kids taken from them back in uh, November. And he's guns learning. and drugs? What's that? What, they had guns and drugs or something? Uh, no, I, I read the CPS reports, and they're claiming the kids are a little behind in school, and they all had uh, dental neglect. And that was uh, that. Was that. You know, so you know, a two-year-old with, with dental neglect... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and he's, uh, him and his wife sound pretty sharp. And, you know, she started talking about property. They called a probate judge into the courtroom during the first hearing. He listened to her for a minute and had her committed for five weeks. And, I mean, they just got really steamrolled. And uh, they, had, uh, they, they had their last hearing because they weren't willing to be reasonable. The, uh, the court... Uh, ordered the Alabama court ordered that uh, the the last order that just came out about two weeks ago said that uh, they don't have to wait a year to try to uh, reconcile the family that they can just move on and that the CPS doesn't have to be yeah you know, like within 30 days I think they can do placement of the kids so he's in, uh, he might that 30 days might already be over it's really close so I'm not sure what to do to help them out. And there's another lady, uh, Chelsea, who's in Minnesota, who's got a very similar thing. She's going to court for her very first hearing on on Wednesday, but that's a dis- it, it's a similar dispute, but it's uh, her sister-in-law that's causing the issue. Oh, did I just get disconnected? Oh, my- I see. All right, I was getting feedback. Still there, Carl? Oh, he's coming back on. Hey, Carl, you there? Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, no matter where I'm at, I'm always going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never be there. You'll never be there. <laughs> yeah, he asked me if I was there. No, I'll never be there, I, but I'll always be here. Yes, I did. You'd be, you'd be so proud of me. I haven't walked into any buildings lately. 
<laughs> you go into the bank today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know when you got cut off. Uh, I got cut off when you were saying, like, she was committed for five weeks. Now, when she was in there being committed, see, like I said, I, I wish I could find that show. I, I don't remember what up. It might be, I might, what I might do is move those other shows over from my other shows, like Low, Low, Law. I'm trying to yeah. find the Alabama couple when the, the lady went to jail. Like I said, when this probate judge told the lady she was going to be committed for five weeks, didn't she just say, is that your order? Put it in the form of an order and sign it? I'd be more than glad to be committed for five weeks. You see what I'm saying? No, I do. I do see what you But saying. I have no idea her, her mental capacity. She has the capacity to even know how to do stuff like that. When that California bimbo lady with that pot, when they threw all the pot out the window in, uh, in uh, Alabama in a, in a high-speed pursuit, the lady still had the ability, even though, like I said, the husband sounded incredibly confident. And the woman, what a bimbo. Like total California West Coast bimbo. And holy cow, she learned my stuff so well that... Uh, when she went to prison like that, uh, before the when she went to jail, she was waiting for the three days for uh, the judge to be called for uh, um, to get an arraignment. She uh, every single time some prison person personnel told her, step into that cell, come on out to eat dinner, um, fingerprints, every single thing. But she she kept a little this little pad. And all the matrons in the, the prison or the jail kept saying to her, what are you doing? It's like, well, your name, it says uh, it says uh, Smith, and your badge number is 36271 here, yeah, and you just ordered me in the cell here. Yeah. You, you know, you, you just ordered me? Yeah, okay, well, I want to be compensated. What? I want to be compensated. Like, what do you mean? It's like no slavery in this country, no involuntary servitude. Uh, you know, I'm going to build the state of Alabama 50 bucks. And she's like, well, you just go right ahead. You know, so why don't you make it five million? So like, five million, holy cow! Like, why do you make it fifty bucks? Why do you make it fifty million? I'm like, okay, you should put down fifty million. And all the matrons kept doing that to her, making a joke. Oh wow, why do you make a couple of million? Oh wow! So then, like I said, when the prosecutor came in and seeing that she was the one being called up, told the judge, "Get her the hell out of here! What? Get her out of here! What? Get her out of this court! Get her out of the state! Get her back in her freaking car!" and get her out of here. You know what? She's, she's the crazy lady running up a bill? Yeah. And the judge was like, wait a second, the crimes that she's committed is like a death penalty in Alabama. You don't do high-speed pursuits of our fucking state to, you know, bags a pot at the cop cars, you know, getting out. What are you, crazy? It's a death penalty. They get her out of here. And then the husband and wife got on and said, holy shit, Paul, we were out of fucking Alabama three days. It's that simple. When she went before the probate judge, did she just keep saying that? Is that your wish? Is that an order? Is that a wish? Is that your order? Yeah, let me write it down. You wish for me to go to a psychiatric facility for, what, five days, five weeks, five years? Can you... And what's your name? It's Bob. Bob Smith. Okay. Bob Smith orders one my body to go. Okay, not a problem. You know, you want the bill now? You want the bill later? How do you want to do? How do you want to settle this with me? You don't settle with me now, you know. When I get out five weeks, you know, I'll just meet you in court. You're a deadbeat if you won't pay me. You know, so like I said, you know how how confident they are in my stuff. I don't have a clue. I mean, you. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, they they they, uh, they were doing some other stuff, and then um, over the last you know six months, uh, they learned a lot and they started applying it. And he, I mean, he was he must have been really studying because I seen the change in the paperwork over six months, and uh, they knew a lot of pretty cool stuff uh, you know, at the beginning. I mean, they you know they weren't totally out in left field, and uh, and they 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 did come a long way on their own. But I haven't heard from him in the last three or four days, so I'm not sure. Oh, uh, Jimmy Lynn just sent me a message. Yeah, he might uh, he might jump on. That'd be good. I like Jimmy. But that Alabama couple. You said you read this stuff looks a little bit different. Well, yeah, they were doing. Um, they were standing as as men, and uh, you know, in court, and but they were coming from a different. Uh, their strategy was different. It was paperwork that I wasn't familiar with, and you know, I, but you saw them progressing more and more towards uh, the kind of stuff that we talk about. And uh, they, you know, he's real serious people. You know, they, they, they man, a man and his wife and six kids, and uh, you know, they homeschooled. They, they're against vaccinations. You know, all the kind of stuff that pisses off the CPS. And uh, you know, they just want to be let alone. And they're, they're together. They're taking care of their kids. And uh, so I, I, I got done. Yeah, but what? What are they? What are they just? Why don't they just sue the man or the woman that took the kid? Why don't they just say, give me back my property? If you know where it is, give it back. If you don't give it back, I'm going to have to hold you liable. Yeah, the the, uh, the lady that began the the process was moved and put in, you know, was relocated. She's gone. She's not part of the case anymore. And I'm not sure who's in, but it looks like it got transferred from, uh, you know, one, eight, you know, one man... To, a, to to another woman within the agency, so I'm not sure where it all ended up. But there, you know, there's always the director. There's always the uh, you know the the one at the top of that department. They they tend to be a lot more consistent. Yeah, well, like I said, Nancy Buckner is the head of the DHR down there in Alabama. All I had to say was something when you you know some woman stole my property. That woman's under your control, so not only she's liable, you're liable as well. That's all I had to do. Well, it's not. Why they just do that? I I just got done reading their file on Tuesday. I told them to find out. I gave him a a list of four or five different things that I wanted. I wanted him to track down. He thought there might be another hearing coming up. I told him there's there ain't going to be another hearing. You guys are done. Uh, This is already over. And uh, you know, find this out, find this out. Give me some information, and you know, give me a chance to figure out uh, what to do. And I was just—I figured he'd get back to me in a, in a day or two, but I haven't heard from him since Tuesday. So uh, yeah, because they don't have a clue because they think something is going to happen in these hearings. These hearings are a joke. Mm-hmm. What hearing? A hearing in family court? Are you kidding me? Why doesn't he have his court going? That's exactly uh, how Jesse got hers back. Jesse got hers back by opening her own court. 
She didn't get her shit back because she wanted a family court. <coughs> she had her court going. Yeah. And the crime prosecutor said, who, who, who showed you how to do this? Who showed you how to do this? You know what this paperwork is? She's like, yeah, the paperwork says that I get my, my fucking kids. He's like, that's not what it says. He's like, you don't have a fucking clue. Well, tell whoever fucking did this. Just get shitless. Like Jesse says on the thing, she said, well, this is the crown said they're scared poopless. And I was like, no, Jesse, use the four-letter word. He said, I could curse on the show. So God bless you, do it. Okay, he's going to get shitless. That's right, you open up your own fucking court. You know, we're going to go to a hearing. Yay, we're going to... He doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. Holy clothes. He's going to go into a hearing. Mm-hmm. What's he going to hear? DHL? What's he going to hear? An eraser? A tree? A ballpoint pen? A rock? What's he going to hear? He's not going to hear a man or woman talk. What's he going to hear? Well, the uh, the other one is... Uh... It's just like Jonathan and Jesse. Jonathan... I know he recorded every single conversation I had with his wife. Well, yeah, well, common law wife. And um, I know he listened to every damn thing. Well, you know what? When he still went to the court for the hearing, he still went on and on for two or three hours with this crazy nonsense. You know, because he thought he was in a hearing and he thought he was going to do his thing. And said, yeah, well, see how far that's going to work for your buddy. But you know what? You do your thing and let me do my thing with Jesse. Well, Jesse says, I was robbed. That woman robbed me. Stole my property now. And that was it. Don't say another damn thing. I was robbed. That woman robbed me. Stole my property now. That's it. No matter what they say, they say I don't give a damn. Well, don't you want to know why you're robbed? Like a rape, a rapist fucking kid, like a someone who was rapes cares why some guy raped her. Just give me back my property now. Jimmy Lynn is on the uh, he's on the board. I don't know if he's going to call in though. I told him you just want to hang out a little bit, say hi, catch up. There's, uh, yeah, I might call him up on the phone. But, uh, you want to take some calls? Aquila's on South Texas, South Nevada, yeah. and Tadpole. Let me just funny, go one one. What's funny is that blind cat, man. I think she's pregnant. Really? Well, she's not that blind anymore. She's getting better. Yeah, now she's just got those really bad cataracts. Yeah, but I mean, the one eye is missing, you know, totally. But, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, man, it's amazing, you know, how, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe because she was blind when she was, you know, super tiny, maybe her eye developed enough to improve that wherever that cloudy part was, you know, moved enough away. But, man, she's uh, she, she she's doing good, man. She's not wheezing so much no more. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, she's doing pretty good. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's give Jimmy a holler, man, and see if, uh, 
Hey, Carl. Hey, Jim. How you doing, man? Hey, good. Let me uh, let me try calling you back. I get on Skype. This phone doesn't work well. Oh, I hear you crystal clear. I mean, does it cost you money? No, not that. I just I had to have speaker activated. So if you can hear me, I'm okay. Hey, work. I, I, I hear you crystal clear. Believe me, if I couldn't hear you, it would sound like an echo. I tell you, I, I hate okay. that. All right, great. Well, then I'll leave it leave it alone. Yes, you had a good dinner. Yeah, everything is. We're back to back home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The veg, vegetarian dinner, huh? <laughs> yes. Well, what does a vegetarian eat for dinner? <laughs> well, not a lot. Um, yeah, so I'm saying, what kind of menu dyslexia do you get? It's called. This is called a veggie burger. It's called a what? A veggie burger. And what's it made out of? Well, this is a, a restaurant that specifically makes their own. So they make it out of uh, different things like rice and beets and quinoa and different grains. Wow. They make their own. And, so, and they don't make it with salt. They make it with uh, the pink Himalayan sea salt. So it's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. No, I figured that you, you went to a restaurant that specializes in this stuff. I mean, I can't imagine going to Burger King and say, give me the, the veggie menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck no. I haven't been to Burger King in 30 years. Well, I mean, any kind of burger joint. I mean, you can't just go into TGI, you know, most places oh, and yeah. just say, give me the veggie right. menu. You know, like, veggie menu. Like, what? We got salad and we got a uh, salad. <laughs> That's it. When I go to a grocery store, I probably I probably buy one-tenth of one percent of the things that are in a grocery store. Yeah. If that I don't consider most of them poisonous. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I couldn't imagine trying to go well. Well, how does that kind of burger taste, man? I mean, when was the last time you ate a beef burger? I mean, compared to like a a, a beef burger, what? Or do you just go for? Or you just basically go for the condiments, like the stuff on it, to hide the flavor of the burger? There you go. That's it. Well, I, I, the bread. I wouldn't touch it with white bread. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. A burger. Last time I ate burger was when I was twenty six, and I'm almost I'm sixty right now. So. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm oh, saying. I. Uh, uh, when uh, I went to a hamburger place the other day, I said to the guys, don't put cheese on this damn thing like you did last time. I said, because it just tastes like cheese. It just tastes, all I taste is the cheese. I don't taste the meat. Uh-huh. So like I said, so if you don't want to taste, uh, I guess, the veggie, like if I went to a veggie burger place, I'd tell the guy, hey, man, stack on that cheese on that veggie burger. <laughs> <laughs> so that way I don't got to actually taste whatever this patty is made out of. <laughs> So all I can do is taste the cheese. Yeah, if I if I eat cheese, it would be only cottage cheese. Yeah, Please or maybe or maybe uh, there's a a French Valbrace of sheep milk um, feta. It's an incredible cheese. It's a soft cheese. It's very good. What feta? Those are about the only two cheeses I eat. Feta cheese, right? Uh huh. Yeah, goat, right? Uh, well, it comes in goat, cow. Yeah, yeah. The, the best yeah, kind that I like is a sheep's a sheep's milk. I never heard of that. I never heard. Sheep. Yeah, it's I in this it. market. It, it's not in every market, but it's it's in the larger cities. Yeah, it's a big stores. yeah, it's a big Greek thing because, like I said, my brother married a Greek, and when he married a Greek, he had to actually learn the Greek language. He actually had to speak Greek before he could marry uh, uh, the, the, his girlfriend. So, so that was pretty funny. So. Uh, you know, they can't, it's funny, you can't marry a Greek girl unless you can speak the language. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to Greek weddings. I used to work in a restaurant that, that they would come to the weddings and have their parties, and my God, they know how to party. Oh, hell yeah. They're a hell of a party people. 
It's uh-huh. funny when uh, I was telling that on the show a while back. I said I heard I saw something like on uh, Fox Business News or Business Channel, and uh, they were talking about the Greeks compared to the Germans. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're horrible party people, man. We do not Germans. We do not party. We we just wait for somebody to say something so we can get into a fight. We just wait for somebody to step on our feet, you know, so we can you know we can we can start the brawl. You know, that's how we're happy. You know. And the Greeks said yeah. yeah, they're just a party people. And uh, they asked a whole bunch of Greek kids who were like 18 years old, if you got a million dollars right now, what would you do? And uh, 100% of them was like, oh, I'd buy a Lamborghini or a yacht or an apartment. I'd buy a house. I'd buy fancy clothes and diamonds. And then they asked 18-year-old German kids on the street, if you got a million dollars right now, what would you do? And they said, oh, we'd reinvest it in my family's company or we'd invest it in a company or... We'd invest the money. We'd stick it in the bank and wait until we got a decent opportunity to invest it in a, in a company. Every single kid in Germany said we'd take the million dollars and wait so we could reinvest it in some sort of a company. Huh. Because it's funny, and that's why I said to people too, I said uh, the word guilty in German is the word debt. So the word debt and guilt or the word debt and guilty in German is the same word. Oh, so if you're in, it's a sin, yeah. And that's basically what it says in the Bible, too. Debt is guilt. Debt is a sin. You know, you should not be in debt. <clears throat> but our whole society is built on debt. And uh, God bless it. And uh, German and uh, Greeks is all 100% debt. You know, they have no problem living balls to the walls, into their eyeballs, up to debt. And the German people just don't understand with this, this Greek crisis going on over there. How could they possibly look at, in, in the mirror at themselves? when they owe so much money, when they're in so much debt. And the Greeks are like, we ain't got a problem with it. <laughs> what, what seems to be your problem? It's like, what? What do you mean, what's our problem? Dude, that's like one of the worst things to do is be in debt. It's because, like I said, when I went for uh, the, uh, the manager of the bank, we get along great. So I said to him, hey, man, see what my credit score is. And he's like, you don't exist. He's like, what? And he ran it. He says, you don't exist. He's like, you don't exist on any of these credit Report companies. He said, "Why not?" He says, "You never even bought a car, a used car deal, and paid it on time." Nope. He said, you never, you never bought a car at all. Nope. No, everything cash. He says, "You've never done anything other than cash your whole life." He said, "I said, nope. I've never even applied for a credit card." It's just a German thing. It's like we don't believe in any debt whatsoever. Or credit cards, we don't believe in it. We just think it's it's obscene. Like I said, I remember watching an episode on Little House on the Prairie when I was a kid. And um, they were trying to see whether or not they could uh, borrow money for, like, seeds for the crops. And uh, I remember the, the mom and the dad were going crazy trying to figure out is it worth a gamble if they could pull it through four months of, of, of a loan. You know, and like I said... I hear all these people on my show saying they got a 20, 30-year mortgage. I said, I remember watching like a little house on prairie, and, and they were they were scared out of their minds to take out a loan for four months or five months until the crops came in. They were they were terrified that, well, what happened if in a month from now uh, the crops catch on fire? What happened in a month from now there's a drought? What happens in a month from now if uh, a stampede of uh, wild uh, you know buffalo comes through here? And, and we're going to lose the farm. We're going to lose everything. You know, like, they, they were very scared to sign away, like, their home or their property and gamble. It was just gambling that the crops would come in. It was like almost spinning in the face of God. 
It's like, well, if the crops will come in in four months, five months, and we'll pay back the loan. It's like you're spinning in God's face. It's like, well, what do you think of God? You think you know that that everything's going to be all right? So it's like when people take out a mortgage for 20, 30 years, they say, like, you're spitting in God's face. Are you trying to tell me that you think that you're not going to get into financial straits maybe one month, two months, three months, uh, you know, during this 20, 30-year mortgage? What do you think is going to happen if you, you know, can't make it, you know, 20 years? You're looking at 240 months. What happened if 10 months out of 240, you just can't, you know, honor your debt, honor your loan? What's going to happen? It's like you're crazy if you think you're gambling. You know, you're gambling on something that you have no control over, that, you know, like basically just your health. So when I say to people, what possessed you to take out the mortgage in the first place? I say, because I just don't understand it because I wouldn't do it. So how did you people, how are you people convinced to take out a 10, 15, 20, 30 year mortgage? How, how, how did that salesman convince you without you knowing that you're basically spitting in God's face by saying, okay, I'll sign. I'll live under these terms and conditions for the next uh, 20 years. I'll make my payments on time and then I'll be in full. What makes you think, especially like a mortgage, you know, and, you know, if technically, it, you know, it's like instant death. It's like a death pledge. Like oh, yeah. If, if you're off by one second, they could pull the loan and they could call the loan at any time for any reason. Uh, are you kidding me? You know, did you read the terms and conditions? It's just, to me, it's just flat out spitting in God's face with oh, something like that. It's like if somebody told me, you know, can you pay, you know, can you borrow, if I borrow something for three months, how am I going to give it back to you and make sure it's in working order and working condition and if it's not, how am I going to get it back to working condition or working order? <clears throat> you know, it's not like I got outside and in my front yard. I got a rental. I got a U-Haul. Don't make it back in one place. It's like, you know what? I'm insured. So like I said, if somebody takes out a mortgage or something like that, it's like, do you take out insurance? Like what? Do you take out insurance on a mortgage just in case you get sick and you fall down for 10 months and for some reason you can't pay on a note? Did you take out some sort of you know, insurance or a bond to cover you. I said, go, are you just going to gamble and think for the next 20 years you're not going to get divorced, you're going to keep the same job, everything's going to be happy, you're going to be in perfect health, you know, you're not going to be sick and laid up for a couple months, everything's going to work out just fine and dandy for 20 years? Are, are you kidding me? You know, it's like, you got to be kidding me. It's like a miracle. I mean, I couldn't imagine, man, if I took a mortgage, man, when I was 25 or 30 years old and all the different things that happened in my life. There's no way in the world, man, I would have been able to ever honor that note. I would have been telling them, hey, look, can I give you a dollar a, a month for the next 10,000 million months? <laughs> I'd have to be starting writing letters like that hundreds of times. I would have never been able to pull it off. Oh, they would charge, they would change the laws. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't. They can't do that. They're a creation of man, and I'm a man, and they go exist for my benefit, and they can't do anything that cause me harm. They, you know, they could change the laws all they want, but you know, this is still a. Oh, I put it on my web page, man. I put it on my web page. The very first thing you see on my web page now is a plaque that was put up by. Uh, 
the Bar Association of Virginia, explaining the common law and how the common law protects man from the legal society, from the Bar, and what it's such a wonderful benefit to man to have the common law here in the United States. So uh, it was nice, and it, was put, it, it wasn't, to me, when I, when, I got, when I saw that, you know, that plaque here in Virginia, I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. It's not, I'm telling people the common law exists here in this North American, you know, continent of here in the United States. It exists to protect us from the Bar Association, from man trying to legislate into law an ability to take away our our rights, (coughs) that we actually have something called the common law that protects us and protects our liberties and protects our rights from the crown, which the crown is just the bar association over there in England, you know, in the UK. So the crown is not the royal family. The crown is, you know, the city of London, the, the attorneys over there. The guys will actually go to work every day and make the magic happen. The royal family don't get up and go to work, make the magic happen. They're not the crown. So like I said, it was nice to actually see that plaque that was put up in Virginia explaining the common law and how it protects man from, you know, acts of the legislators, acts of the crown. So it's like, that's lovely. I said, because it's not, I'm trying to tell people that we have the common law. And people are like, oh, Carl, that's, it's, it's, it's gone. It's been gone a long time ago, that 100, you know, 1880, whatever. It's been gone forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, then how come the Bar Association put up that plaque explaining the common law and the purpose it, it is to protect man <coughs> from the Crown, from the Bar Association? Why did they bother to put that up? To me, they gave people full disclosure. It's like they're not hiding anything. They understand the common law exists. You know, and they're letting everybody know straight up, yes, the common law does exist. If you don't know how to exercise the common law, that's not our concern. If your mommy and daddy were too busy, you know, teaching you nonsense and not teaching you the law of the land, that's not our problem. You know, if you let somebody take advantage of you, you know, like, this is a capitalist country, and that's what it means. Capitalize is take advantage over somebody. This is a capitalist country. You don't want to live in the capital. Capitalist, you know, go someplace else. But they're going to take advantage of you if they can get away with it. And they're going to fucking go to bed feeling just fine. And I say, well, you know, we gave them full disclosure. They should have learned how to protect themselves. If they, if they make it too easy for us to control them, oh, well. They better wake up and learn how to be a man someday. But we're just going to keep doing this stuff all day. We're going to do it to them their whole lives. They don't want to wake up. Oh well. You know, we're going to take advantage of them while they're sleeping. We're going to take advantage of them while they're dumb. And they're going to do it. <coughs> and that's what I'm saying. Is you you help me move all the boxes of books out of the out from under the house down down to the bottom of the house. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we built the floor on the outside porch underneath. Yeah. Because it's, it's funny. I don't think Gus ever seen them. You know, it's funny. And you helped me move all the boxes and boxes of books out. And I tell people all the time. I said, holy crap. I said, I just figured it out. All these books, all this words and these books is bullshit. And I said, it has nothing to do with me. It has to, 
It, it's to control me. It's, it's, it's their way of controlling me, their way of convincing me that the answers are here. So all they got to do is read their stuff, believe their stuff, recite their stuff, learn their stuff, and that's going to protect me from them. It's like, what a crock of shit. It's, it's the complete opposite. The more and more, the deeper and deeper I'm falling into that crap, the further and further I'm getting away from protecting myself. Mm. They're like, holy shit, this has been one big con job. So yeah, I don't, like I said, Gus and people didn't see all those books, but I know you did. So uh, you know they exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I should, like I said, I should take some pictures of them because I still, they all look like porcupines. They still got little tabs sticking out of, you know, hundreds of pages of those books. They got little tabs sticking out of them. Like I thought they were important things for me to remember. Or important things to flip to when I need them, you know. And like, in a, oh, I got this, you know. Flip to this page, boom, cite this thing. Says, See, it says it right there. Oh, yeah, I thought I was a master of that crap. What a waste of time. It's like, this is horseshit. I said, I can't believe I, I, I fell for this crap. I was like, never again. And I want to show as many people as I can. Don't fall for this crap. It's just both. What are you crying about? Yeah, so I don't have so many cats anymore, man. How many cats did I have when you were here, Jim? Do you remember? Oh, God. Uh, you had a limited number, and it was probably around 20. Oh, that's all? That's not bad. Yeah, they were down really low because quite a few of them had died. And it was winter. Yeah, there's yeah, there's always six here now. That's pretty amazing. At one time you'd had hundred, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody counted that on my video on my webpage. They counted like uh, they stopped the freeze the video and they like blew it up to see. They said they counted seventy cats walking behind me. <laughs> and they told me that they said to me, "Is that like a? Uh, did you mess with the video? Did you like a?" Uh, put those cats in there. I said, I got time for that silly shit. I got time to sit around and video edit and put all those cats behind me. I said, no, what you see is what you got. I said, man, it was like 120 at one time. It used to look ridiculous. Them walking around up in those hills behind the mountains behind my house with me. It looked ridiculous. This train of like, cats, you know, it stretched out like a, a quarter of a mile. <laughs> it just looked ridiculous, an army of cats walking up around, walking around with me. And we just walk around and Check out the, you know, I check out trees that I want to chop down, and they just walk around and hang out with me. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I'm glad I got the video to prove it, because that's what people all the time, you know, always want to see from me. I'll prove it. You got a video? Uh-huh. Like I said, oh, yeah. uh, those kids always all the time, man. Like uh, those free state kids up in Keene. I got on their radio show. It was so funny. Uh, this was about a year ago. Some farmer, well, it was a hog hog ranch or hog farm or whatever they call them. One of their ranches a hog farmers. <clears throat> but the government was going to kill all his um, hogs up in Michigan because they had straight tails instead of curly tails or curly tails instead of straight tails, you know, whatever reason, you know. They opened their eggs from the fat end instead of the skinny end, you know, whatever. Right. You know, the, the, they were just going to kill the hogs. Did you help them? Yeah, what was funny is he was on the show, on the, on the kid's show, on um, that Free State Keen show. So I was like, oh, my God, I got the, I'm talking to the farmer guy. And I was trying to, the rancher guy, whatever it is, hog guy. And I was trying to tell them, trying to tell the guy, look, just ask, like, the Department of Agriculture, 
you know, is there is there any damages? Has any man or woman come forth yet to set the damages? You know, it's like, okay, it's illegal to have curly-tailed hogs. That might be wrong or it's illegal, but what are the damages? What damages have I done? Versus conjecture or speculation that it might cause harm or damage in the future. It's like by saying, like, 100% of the bank robberies are 18-year-old to 25-year-old black men. So it's 18 to 25-year-old black men not to be allowed in banks anymore because 100% of the robberies are from 18 to 25-year-old black men. Is that how we should, you know, control our banks and saying that those people shouldn't be allowed in? By conjecture, speculation. That's ridiculous. You can't create law based on speculation or conjecture. You must have some sort of damages. You must have some sort of proof. You know, show me where curly-tailed or straight-tailed hogs cause harm to society or to any man or woman on planet Earth. Show me. Show me where it, where, where it exists. And I'll compensate that man or woman if they can show that either of my hogs, you know, cause any damage, and I will compensate. And I was trying to tell a guy this stuff. I was trying to talk to him. And all these stupid three-state teen kids kept saying, it's like, really? That's your website? Really? Like a couple of videos and that that's your website? I was like, what? They said, there's nothing here. I said, like kids. I said, like kids. I was like, look, I got time for dancing rainbows and unicorns and all kinds of fancy gift pictures and, you know, dancing babies and shit like that. I said, I'm sorry my fucking website doesn't pop and ping and explode and it's all colorful and graphics and shit. I said, I got time to develop a website. I said, look, I'm trying to explain this, man. How to uh, deal with the Department of Agriculture up there. And, and all the kids said to me, they said, your website sucks. And they hung up the phone on me. Just because they don't like my website. And that's, I swear to God, that's what uh, whatever this uh, free teen show, free live teen, free state, you know, with, with Tom and Dick, whatever, you know, whoever their names are. That's what they literally did. They said, I was explaining to the hog farmer how to deal with it. And the kids just kept r- ripping on my website, saying it sucks. And that's something they hung up on me. They said, you know what, your website really sucks. And they hung up on me. And I was like, uh, uh, hello? 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 He's still there? It was like, you know, dead air. I was like, motherfuckers, I think this guy shut me off. When I saw this hog farmer and how to deal with the Department of Agriculture, they, they cared more about what my website looked like than the information I was giving out. So it's like, holy cow, man, these guys are all about the looks and all about the image because that's what they were saying. They were like, well, do you have any video of anybody going to court, you know, and uh, showing what they actually did when they went to court? I was like, uh, no, because that sounds ridiculous. What, what do you want me to do? Tell people to put a helmet cam on and and walk around the courtroom with a helmet and a camera and saying, you know, this is what's going down. This is what I'm going to do. I was like, no, the people just come on my show and they say, this worked or this didn't work. I'm like, oh, okay. It worked or didn't work. Okay, did you do this? Did you do that? You know? Because it was funny. There was a family, I don't know if you were listening back in the... I remember, uh, I think it was November, some family came on from Alabama. And they said that, uh, they said that they, you know, did what I told them to do. And they said a social service worker, some guy, they, they presumed a social service worker, came to the house like on Friday and dropped off there, you know, like 
three-month-old baby that they took from the hospital because the, the mom had uh, tested positive for whatever, some sort of crazy drug, methadone. And uh, I said to the husband and wife, I said, uh, when they dropped this baby off on Friday, did the, um, did the man who dropped it off at the front door, did he have you signed for the delivery? And, and the husband said, and the husband and wife said, yes. And then the wife was like, no. He said, as a matter of fact, the guy just came up and said, here, I think this belongs to you, and gave us the kid. I said, so neither one of you signed for it? And he was like, they were like, uh, no, we didn't sign for it. I said, so why don't you just mess with the state of Alabama <laughs> and tell them that you'd like to come up and see it because they were talking to them on Saturday morning. I said, why don't you, oh, Sunday morning. I said to them, why don't you, oh, it's Saturday, Sunday morning. I said, why don't you tell them that you'd like to have a visit with your kid on Monday? <laughs> And when they say what, somebody dropped him, dropped the kid off you on on Friday. I said you could just play stupid. It's like uh, nobody made a delivery to this house and say, uh, uh, say you know what are you talking about? Who who made a delivery? I was like, well, didn't some guy drop off your kid to you on uh, Friday? And, he was, and I said, mess with social services. Say, uh, I hope you're shitting me. No, what address did he drop this kid off at? And just thought Messer was also service to make them think that they, they dropped the kid off at the wrong house. <laughs> and say, so, uh, you know, just, just mess with them and see how they like it. And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess we could do that, just to mess with them. Because they didn't even sign for the kid. They just said the social services came to the house and said, yeah, I think this belongs to either. They think he was a guy who worked for social services. He didn't ex- talk, say anything to him. He said they just dropped the kid off. They said, yeah, I think this belongs to you. So like I said, you know, how are we supposed to get a video camera, you know, to record something like that? You know, cause somebody pulls up the house and says, here's your kid back. I think this belongs to you. You know, so it's like, so look, wouldn't the husband and wife just lie? Did they just make up some bullshit story? Because they called me up at like, uh, uh, like midnight and uh, I was sleeping. And I called them the first thing in the morning. And say we got our kid back. And I just want to tell me thank you. So, uh, but like I say to people, I say, well, just listen to the show. Listen to the families who call me up. You know, because uh, if I didn't get them back, they'd, they'd just say, you know, you know, it didn't work all. You know, I wanted to try something else. I'd say, okay, let's try something else. But so far, you know, it's been pretty good. Yeah, Gus said that you've been keeping up with him on uh, Skype. (coughs) You know, because I haven't heard from him. I mean, I might talk to him maybe once once in a while, you know, it's just in the... I tell people, I see the bag of salt that he gave me sitting on the counter in my kitchen right now. So that's pretty funny that I'm never going to put a dent in that bag of salt for the day I die. I mean, that bag of salt is going to be around for my grandkids, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm never going to eat that much salt. So, uh, and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't soak in the bathtub with it, you know, so I'm saying it's going to be around a long time. Well, time you, aren't, you, aren't you moving to a place that has a bathroom, a bathtub? No. You're not? Okay. No, I got an office trailer, so it's got a toilet and a sink, but no, it ain't got nothing like a shower, nothing like that. I'm going to just go to the, I showed Gus the gym that I belonged to for years, and it's a beautiful gym. 
and uh, it's a whole bunch of uh, old people that go there, like 70, 80, 90-year-old people. It's a part of the hospital. So uh, it's a real mellow crowd, <laughs> and uh, but it's beautiful. It's got you know two swimming pools, and it's it's it's, it's real cheap to go to. And what's funny is, um, um, uh, that's when I'm gonna take my showers every day. You know, at the gym to make me get my butt up and go to the gym every day. And I showed Gus where I could just plug my computer in and just get Wi-Fi and start getting back into. Uh, doing the dictionary and talking to people and doing emails. I said, after I go to the gym, I could actually just sit here in this nice area and just uh, go to the community college right there, too. I got some stupid cat, man. I ain't never seen her do this stuff. I call her fatso. She's uh, scooping all the food out of the food dish, and she's just throwing it all over the floor, playing with it. I ain't never seen her, ever, I've never seen any of these cats do that. So we think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's your one thing it's funny. What are you doing, you crazy? Does he eventually eat it? i never seen her do that. This is the first time I've ever seen her do that. She's just scooping it up and throwing it on the floor. It's pretty good that she's chasing it around the floor. Ridiculous. What a funny cat. Yeah, but I call the fat so because uh, before I leave to go on a trip, I buy a ton of chopped meat and I let them eat as much as they can swallow. And this stupid cat ate so much like her ribs, like, looked like she was freaking pregnant. She ate so much, she wouldn't stop eating. So uh, she's back to normal looking now, but she looked ridiculous there for a while. She blew all her ribs out because she just swallowed so much damn chopping. You know, (laughs) so that's what I call a fatso. But uh, other than that, what's been going on in your world? I mean, you're working again? Yeah, working. uh, Work's picked up pretty much now for spring. Oh, okay. I'm, put, I'm putting uh, I'm putting in displays in restaurants. Uh, they're taking down their menu boards and they're putting up TVs, these big widescreen TVs. Oh wow! Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I seen I seen one of those in one of the restaurants somewhere. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's because they don't serve food anymore. They serve a lot of poisons, and they want you to make it look good so that you'll eat it no matter what. <laughs> and so this, <laughs> it looks real good up there on the on the board. Yeah, because I was telling uh, the other guy yesterday, uh, Mike, who was up here for a whole week with me, he, uh, <coughs> I was trying to explain to him about uh, drinking like DMSO. And I said, I don't have a freaking clue. I said, but I know Gus did it. And he says, like, just don't have a human being around you for a day or two because it really gets ripe. So um, I said, uh, I said, you know, we had to leave. We were sitting in the middle of Mom's uh, driveway when I was talking to you. And that guy was getting extremely tired. He he, he worked real hard the whole week. And uh, he said he couldn't wait to go back home to go work in the GM plant to get a little rest. He said, I can't wait to go home and go to work so I can rest. Because <laughs> he's like, you're crazy. <laughs> That's the guy hey, how's, it. how's your Camaro coming along? Uh, it's, it's, it's doing good, man. It's finally uh, drives and... Uh, it's, it's, that's the fastest car I own. I mean, I could. I, I mean, I own like the oldest, like Corvettes and stuff like that. But nothing's as fast as that car. That car is just insane. It's always been an insane car. Some guy who built Dragster for a living built the engine for me. You know, back in 1983, and that thing is uh, held up. And uh, he's like, I just built Dragster. You know, he's like, I don't know how to build anything else but Dragster. <laughs> I was like, is this one you need an engine like this? 
I said, don't you worry about it. You just uh, built me an engine that could do uh, 7,000 RPMs all day long. And when he gave it to yeah. me, he said, he said, yeah, then when the man gave it to me, he says, this thing could do 8,500 RPMs all day long. Does it have an individual oil pump for each cylinder? No, no, no. It doesn't have anything like that. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know, me and my brother were kind of crazy when we were young. And it was basically like uh, if anybody came near uh, us, the, the Camaro was like the, the the keep the cops going this way while the other guys were going that way. It was just a shotgun kind of car, like to give the cop the finger right. and say, fuck you, and have the cop go away from here and chase me. So that's all it was meant for. It was just, it was just built to be a diversion. That's you know, what we something... used to do in the mountains yeah. when we run moonshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something just like that. Just a diversionary you tactic. You create a diversion at the other end of the county. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, like I said, it was so funny, man. Uh, Marco was a cop, and he, he taught us so much of this stuff. Wasn't he funny? He was like, you know, it was like, uh, it was like some little old lady or some teenage girl would scream, oh, a cop just been shot, a cop just been shot. And instantaneously, every single freaking cop within 100 miles goes flying. They leave their precinct, they leave their jurisdiction, they leave their di- they leave everything, and they just go flying to help this cop. And it's an imaginary cop. No cop was shot. But they just knew that the cops can't help themselves. That when you just say cop down, or this cop is, you know, this guy's got a gun pointed at this cop's head and the cop's begging for his life. Somebody come down here and help this guy. The next thing you know, 10,000 cops are going to be there. They're going to forget that they're supposed to be watching this jewelry store, this electronic store, this, you know, this bank. They're going to, they're all going to leave. Because they hear one of their brothers needs help, and I don't blame them. You know, you know, when your brothers are down, man, go get them. But it's just diversionary tactic. It's just a suckers game. You know, and they they fall for it all the time. So, like I said, it was it was just that kind of silly stuff. You know, it's just misdirection. It's, it's, ridic- it's ridiculous, ridiculous what you can buy now. You can buy cars off the showroom at about six hundred horsepower stock. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But like I said, it's just it's just not the same. I mean, that car is like driving a go kart. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just it's 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 got a weird feel to it. It's just like it's just like a go kart. It doesn't feel like a, like the new cars are smooth and they accelerate smoothly. I mean, this thing just feels like like you got to be kidding me. Like you put a six hundred horsepower engine on a on a skeleton kind of car, just like bones. It's like you know, just like a dune buggy or something. Whatever. It just it's just ridiculous how it moves. It just like jumps. Well, did you put lift? What's that? Didn't you put suspension on the front, or, or to lower the, you lower the suspension on the front? To, yeah, no, we put a uh, air suspension on the front to raise it. To raise it, that's right. Yeah, we did that. That was that was fun. So it actually goes up. You know, it comes off the ground about uh, like seven, eight inches now. So we didn't clear any rocks. So that's uh, pretty funny. But uh, and now I'm moving from this area, so um, I'm going to go towards my folks' farm. So I think that's funny that I did all that work and and uh, I'm not going to have to worry about rocks anyway anymore. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty funny. But, um, 
Yeah, so like I was saying, uh, with that DMSO, uh, that guy Mike was asking me about that. And what 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 do you know about drinking that stuff? <laughs> I, I don't need. I wouldn't. I can't stand it. Um, it works for somebody, <laughs> for somebody that um, uh, has a standard American diet. I think it's perfect. I think it's very good. It helps to balance you chemically inside. It does a lot of good things, but. Since I haven't been, I haven't had a standard American diet for over 30 years. It's it's like, uh, it's not very pleasant to me. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. help my body that well. But I couldn't. The thing, hey Carl, the thing about DMSO, you know, it's a lot more uh, dangerous than MMS. DMSO is a solvent. It'll melt the plastic. You got to be careful around that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's got some great benefit. I do, th- I do drink it. I, I put a shot in orange juice, but uh, I never do it after Wednesday because uh, it, it makes you smell like you ate a shitload of asparagus. So you yeah. you got to you got to know how to use it. And be careful with it. Uh, it's not something I'd recommend anybody do without doing their own research. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what the guy we were talking about it and. Uh, I don't know how the topic came up. I said, but you know what? I'll get I'll ask Jimmy Lynn about it. I know Gus knows about it. I said, and uh, you know, and I'll ask him what what's the benefits of this stuff. I said because I uh, I said all I know is it's yeah, it's like a solvent. I said it breaks down protein. You know, yeah, it's like good. Crazy. It breaks it breaks down oxalic acids too, and that's what a lot of meat eaters have. They have oxalic acid in their system. In it. It breaks that down and, and unclogs your system. Yeah, because he never heard of that uh, um, that uh, sodium chloride, uh, not sodium chloride. What was that? Uh, magnesium chloride. Magnesium chloride, yeah. The man never heard of that either. Because, like I said, this uh, a lot of people who listen to my show, they're not listening to it because uh, most of them have a problem, like with the IRS or, you know, the Canadian IRS. You know, most people are just listening to it because they're running into problems with different parts of their lives, you know, you know, a hundred percent of his life he was working for uh, like General Motors <coughs> and everything was just fine and dandy. So, you know, he just goes home and eats the normal, you know, food and he has no idea about any of the stuff like me and no clue about any of the stuff. You know, I was just busy doing my life, you know, my whole life. And then I just get involved with this stuff and then I run into people who know about all this other little stuff, you know, about, you know, DMSO. Or, yeah, people or, don't realize it. For a hundred years, they've been poisoned by Morton salt. That is poison. Yeah. Because because they heat it so high, it makes it toxic. And a baby, you can assault a baby, and that will damage their body pretty much. But you, you you've been damaged so long that you've got calluses. Don't recognize how dangerous it is. Yeah, what do you mean by calluses? Callus. Uh, well, salt. That Morton salt cuts every cell. Just about cuts every cell it comes in contact to. Oh. Splits it open, and the more you keep it split open, the body will just create a cell around that opening. And at calluses, it's like you know, calluses work on your hands. If you uh, do a lot of physical work, your hands get pretty rough and uh, use this dead skin covering right. your hand to make it tougher. That's what happens to your cells. Because they can't heal because you keep eating the same salt and it cuts it and then it just creates this encapsulation around the damaged area to protect it. 
So you really yeah. don't know how your body is until you stop eating salt and it gets better. And it can take six months to a year for the body to heal out of wow. that kind of damage. So that's why soaking in magnesium chloride and the Himalayan sea salt is a great way to start the process. You can't expect immediate results because it takes quite a while for your body to heal from that. And most yeah. people that have um, cholesterol in their arteries, it's because their arteries, too, have been damaged, too. Your arteries have little tiny holes that go through them. That's how nutrition gets from the bloodstream into the cells. The waters of your body carries nutrients and oxygen through the bloodstream through these little tiny holes and then goes to the cell. The cell opens its door, brings the oxygen in, brings the nutrients in, digests it, and then spits out the waste product. Oh, we lost Carl. <clears throat> Bummer. We lost Carl and we lost Jimmy Lynn. I'm back at my computer. I've been outside. I'm working on my car for a few minutes. Uh, let's see. Carl's board. Okay. Nevada. South Nevada. How you doing? Hey. Hello. How's it going? Good. I don't know how long he got before Carl gets back, but this is his show, so I'm just going <laughs> to fill in the gap till I see him pop up. So tell me your name and what's going on, and I'll see what Thank I can you. do to help. Yeah, sweet. Thank you so much. My name is Luis. I'm, I'm over here in, uh, obviously, Nevada. And I, after I stopped paying for my registration and license and all of that stuff, um, they sent me a notification that if I didn't continue, I was gonna, they were going to cancel everything. So... I, I was okay with that because I've been studying this stuff for a while, but there's up to this point, there's n nobody uh, like Carl, so it was very confusing. I, I, I didn't do anything. And then I started listening to Bill Thornton, and he mentioned to just um, communicate with them and ask them a couple of questions to see if um, if I use my property to go from point A to point B, will there be anything that uh, can happen? Uh, to me or my property. And so I asked those those questions, and uh, I also asked them or require them to uh, update their um, system. So whenever I, I was uh, to get pulled over, the, the, the officers knew to leave me alone. Um, they they replied with more solicit, uh, solicitation, and then the last letter that I got from them, it was somebody, because I, I directed uh, the, the correspondence to... Uh, to the director, and then somebody responded uh, as um, on behalf of, of the director, and so um, she just basically said, "I we got your your letter and um, something really weird, like we as, as you told us or something like that. We uh, we updated your record that your license is suspended, so they didn't update the record according to what I told them. <laughs> <laughs> updated the record as to what they wanted." And so yeah. uh, I, I responded to that letter saying, you know, oh, and pay all these fees and this and that and, and your license and your insurance and all of this is void. And I said, um, I just, it, it's crazy that you guys didn't um, um, answer any of my questions. As I see, there's, there's nothing that I can do here. And since there's nothing that I can do here, I'm going to look for, for, for other remedy. And uh, okay, so well, there's about three, three before you, Hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, let me get this in, all right? If you 
if you have a suspended license, an expired license, uh, uh, anything like that, what, your your license is still active. Right? Your your license is actively expired or it's actively oh. suspended. So if you don't rescind, revoke, and withdraw consent from the contract, you know, in writing, uh, you, you know, just because you're, you let your license expire, that doesn't mean your license doesn't exist anymore. All right? It's, it's not like a, a marriage license. You know, when a marriage license expires, if you get married anyway, you know, they'll come and take your wife away. And that's not going to happen. Uh, with a driver's license, you have to expressly uh, rescind and revoke that, even if it's suspended, even if it's expired. Got it. And um, so, with the with the letters that I send, you know, stating that the, I think these are my my rights, and uh, I believe that these are my rights, and that um, I shouldn't require or have to have any of the stuff that you're asking me to have. Um, can you please uh, answer the, these questions, just just like I said? And then they they went on to say that. So according to, because I I did communicate with uh, Bill a little bit, and I told him what I what I wrote to them, and he said, well, since there is controversy, then you can sue them. Now now they created controversy because they didn't answer any of my questions, and they're soliciting for me to pay certain fees. Now is that correct or not? Because I already have almost ready i mean i've been i haven't slept in like three days putting the case together and um so i'm I'm not sure should i send the suit then or not because i still hold the the I, I would get, are you on skype um no i haven't in in a while but i can go ahead and, and get on it all right well i have an account on skype mike well a lot of us do okay but you can get a hold of me on skype you know, you see my name on the board, how it's spelled, G-U-S dot B-R-E-T-O-S. So my name with a dot between the first and last name, that that's uh, my Skype name. That's my Skype contact. So if you get okay. a hold of me or you get a hold of Mike, uh, his, his uh, Skype contact is Calm in Law, C-A-L-M-I-N-L-A-W, all one word. So you get a hold of one of us, we'll put you in a Skype group, and uh, you can meet some other people, and there's all sorts of different groups talking about all sorts of different stuff. And you, you know, and if you get in, if you get a hold of me or Mike, let us know who you are and why you're getting a hold of us, so you know we don't just think you're some dude from Africa or something. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, there's people who just contact you. They don't tell you why you know they're getting a hold of you, and I want to know who you are. Are you some? Are you just somebody who's looking for somebody to talk to? Are you whatever? You know, just, just let us know. Oh, but, away. Yeah, and when you get in a Skype group, just say hi to everybody. Hi, this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is the kind of issues I'm interested in. And, you know, great to be here. And, <laughs> and let, then people can see uh, what you're looking for. And, and if there's a group, they, uh, they'll, they you know, they'll see your your activity. If you look... Like you're a good guy and 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 you're you're uh, studying and you're going to be productive. Mm-hmm. They'll invite you to go to their group. Uh, okay. You know, I don't put anybody. My my group is word nerds, and when anybody comes in, uh, I don't know how we ended up this way, but you know, Mike and I kind of agreed, I, I guess, that we're going to put everybody in the common law group so that everybody can meet up, say hi, air out their stuff. And then the group I do is, is word nerds, and that's about, you know, words, punctuation, grammar, how to write letters. Mike has a similar group, and it's called a letter writing group. 
and uh, Mike in Detroit's got a group on property taxes. So there's a lot of different groups. There's there's uh, two or three uh, groups from England, the guys from England, and then some groups from Australia. So hook up, and that's the best place to go. And I would not uh, do a letter. I would not do a claim. I would not do anything until you have a chance to run it by the guys in the group or the women in the group. You know, it's a mix. Got it. Sweet. Thank you very much for, for that. that. That's really what I've been looking for, people minded like me, because as far as the group of people that I hang out with and everybody that I know, I'm the only crazy mother that wants to do this kind of oh, stuff. You, so you got to make sure you're not communicating a threat. You got to, you know, there's a lot of things you got to make sure of. And you got to, you know, and you got to realize when you get into these Skype groups, there's a lot of guys that are brand new, just like you. So they might not have any better information than you got. So you got to be careful who you're listening to. So just watch the chat, you know, see what happens. You know, try not to post, you know, these uh, three-page things on there. Just little messages, keep the conversation going, and just mostly just watch to see who knows what the heck they're talking about before you ask any questions. Yeah, I um, I, I actually, the, the it, it's really funny how I came to, to start waking up out of this because I was convicted over three, no, 13, 12 years ago. And when I was in there, uh, I never lived in the United States. I was born here, but I was raised in Mexico. And when I was there, I met this crazy-ass Colombian guy that he barely spoke English, and he told me that he had been in a solitary cell with this guy that, uh, supposedly wrote that one book, um, The Matrix, or something like that, about the straw man. And he was telling me, so the the whole thing is corrupt. It's, it, they're all basing on, on codes, and we're nothing but money to them. And for some reason, it, it I was the only one who, who thought there was some truth on that. So the, all these years, where I'm going with this, is all yeah, these years well, I've, been, I've been looking and looking and looking. I, and I understand. I, what, what's, your, what's your name? Luis. Luis, all right. Uh-huh. Hey, Kyle might be back at any minute, and there's some people with questions. Uh, I'd like to get to them before Kyle gets back. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be taking questions tonight, or he might come back on with Jimmy Lynn. Um, but uh, do you have another question that you'd like me to? You can you can um, come back. You can put your hand back up after, and we can talk okay, some more I'll, after I'll I get through the other up. people. Yeah, I'll put my hand up after because that's they. Oh, actually, no, no, no. One one thing. Uh, before I forget, yeah, this is uh, actually another one, really, really big one. Because of the, the conviction that I have, um, it's been causing me problems. Here in, in Nevada, I try to get in with a company called Primerica. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. it, but I need a license. Uh, uh, um, what is it called? A, uh, All right, I, that, that's I, fine. I, I, already, I already know where you're going. You, you got a conviction that's causing you harm. Government does not exist to cause a man harm. So write to the Secretary of State. Uh, in the state where you have the convictions, and uh, let them know that you know, th- these convictions are causing you harm, and you wish for them to, uh, you know, not disappear. But uh, you're going to write that kind of a letter, put it into the Skype group, get people to work on that with you. Okay. Um, actually, thank you for that, but that, that's not exactly where I was going with that. But um, that was actually the the, the question I was going to ask later. But this one in particular, um, they, I went and applied. I I, I wrote, um, I signed the uh, contract where I say yes. If I have a felony, I'm going to tell you about it and all of this. Now I gave them all the information about the probation, the, the charging documents, all of this, and it shows very very clear what my conviction was. That everything was paid and all in all. 
Now they said they hit me up with more, like they started asking for more and more and more. And there was a point where I where I thought that it was weird because I had given them everything they, they were asking for. So I asked questions, and they sent me a form. It's 18 U.S.C. Uh, 13, um, 1033 and 34. And I read it, and it says that that form only applies to people whose felonies are of uh, of uh, breach of trust, dishonesty, or breach of trust. And if you do not activate that code, then they should just let you in because your your conviction has nothing to do with the business. And I okay. made them, I made that clear to them, and I said, listen, I do not activate this code because my felony is not this. And they just told me, oh, we whatever you want to do, what, the burden of proof is on you. What's your question, Luis? So my question is, they're making it really, really hard for me. I already showed them the law that it, that I don't qualify under that, and they're still blocking me from getting my license. So okay. how, can I, how can I talk to them, or who can I talk to in order for them to... Yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all. Your number one thing is to go to the Secretary of State and have that annulled or repealed or let the court know there was an inadvertent error, that no man ever appeared to claim there was a harm, injury, or loss, and that you're a man and, and that you, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do, but uh, the company that you're applying to, okay, if you're applying to Disney World to be Mickey Mouse, they want somebody who's five foot seven and weighs between 165 and 180 pounds, and you either fit or you don't, and that's it. It's their rules. So when you're applying to somebody to some corporation, uh, you know, you don't have another way. There, there's no other way out. You're not going to get them to do anything. Uh, even even if what they're showing me doesn't apply to my specific conviction, if, if it, it really, doesn't really matter, they, they can okay. tell you if you don't show up. If you don't show up with a bowl of soup tomorrow, they're not going to hire you. They can tell you whatever they want. They make up the oh, rules no, no. as they go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the state. The company actually is. It's really funny because all the papers go through uh, through the company's lawyers, Ooh, and they on. buy it, and they and they said it's okay. So it's which, the state who, that is holding. Who's doing the papers they, that they're not supposed to? The state or the company? No, no, no. The company gave the clear, and now they submitted the, the papers to the state, to the licensing uh, department. And the licensing department is the one who keeps on telling me, this is not authorized, or this is not this, this doesn't have that. And I looked up all the words and everything. Oh, okay. Authorized. So, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. Right yeah, to yeah. The, it's uh, the state. Yeah, right to that particular licensing company, and, and, you know, dear Bob, this is what's going on. Are you the man or, you know, Susie, whoever, uh, you know, I'm looking for the man or the woman that has authority to help me uh, figure this out. Are you that man? And if not, uh, please let me know what, what the name of the man or woman is and their contact information because I need to resolve this quickly. And that's it. Just send them, you know, start sending letters and uh, and be in touch and your your letters are going to be the the evidence that you're doing the right thing and that you're trying to resolve a problem, settle a matter. And if harm comes to you later, those letter, those letters are going to be uh, harm or loss. You know, you you've obviously got a loss, uh, but you know, start with one letter, and then uh, the next letter might be with the Secretary of State's office. You know, okay, so I should, I, I should do that because I. Yeah, I, I already send them. I already send them emails. I have everything. I actually no, the last no, 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 emails don't work. Oh, okay. So um, paper. No, no. Take 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 a pen with some ink and a piece of paper and write down 
Hello, Bob, with your hand. There has to be handmade, okay, okay. man-made. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, man-made, and and that's why it's going to be short, because nobody wants to write 12 pages. So just, just you know, a man-made letter done with the hand of man that says, uh, you know, dear Bob, this is what's going on. Yeah, I'm looking to get this license. There's somebody's telling me there's an issue, and I believe you're the man that has authority to help me resolve this. If you're not Perfect. that man, please let me know who is, and their contact information. Thank you, kind regards, and you know, enjoy uh, whatever President's Day. You know, whatever the next holiday is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, go, uh, you can you can skip now. Thank you very very much for for answering those questions. That helps me tremendously. Yeah, you can you can send them an email. You know, like if you're ever in a hurry, you know, you've got to get something done, and you, you've got three days to do it, and you got to get this letter out, and it's really important uh, that uh, that they know something. You can send them an email, but always follow it up with a handwritten letter in your email. Uh, let them know a hard you know a hard copy of my handwritten letter. You know, should be in your office for your records by Tuesday. Right, great. So you know you can send them an, you can send them an email, but send them an email of the exact same thing that you're sending them by hand, and keep it simple. There's no reason to make things complex. You don't even know if the man or the woman that you're writing to has authority to do anything. So you well, gotta find that out first. Yeah, the, I I did all that. I I talked to the 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 person who was directly dealing with my papers, and okay, then she told me that don't, don't talk to persons. Persons have no authority to help you out. I, I only did it because the company wanted me to. It was together no, no, with the company and, and her. Go, go to and my website, redressfordummies.org, and 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 uh, look for the for the tab that talks mm-hmm. about persons. You got to find. Uh, let's see. Go uh, under about common law. Okay. And you'll see a tab to the right that says, "What is a person?" And you'll see a uh, Richard Koenig in red. If you click on Richard Koenig, the words, uh, you can download a document that he wrote. And there's two videos, one after the other, where he describes and explains what the person is. You don't write to persons. You write to a man or a woman. A person cannot be held accountable. They have immunity. You want to write to a man or a woman that is going to be responsible, that has authority to do something. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much. And the last question, what uh, about the Skype thing, when should we do that? Can I just contact you whenever and then you check it, or there's a specific day? Yeah, Gus.Bretton or Law, one of us, and let us know what you want. And uh, once you're in there, you can ask a question 24 hours a day. There's people in those groups from all over the world. There's always somebody on. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Gus. You're very welcome. All right. Hey, Tad Paul. Hey, what's up, Gus? Not much. I know I talked to you before, but I don't remember who you are. Well, I was talking with you on uh, Angela's call you tonight. Little shout out to Angela. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes, I remember. Cool. Yeah, you Skyped me. Good. How's things yeah, going? Yeah. I'm glad to find a group to really get into this because you know there's not many people in the real world out here and day day in day out stuff that's not willing to talk about this. You know. 
Yeah, you know you're serious when everybody in your family thinks you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't think I'm completely nuts because I'm kind of convinced. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody knows that we live in a land of trial by jury and that, um, you know, people fought for our rights. Everybody knows that. That's where you got to start, you know. And then they, yeah. can, they can understand it. But uh, I, had, I had a few specific questions. You were talking about applications earlier when you're applying or, you know, supplicating yourself to a higher authority. You know, yeah. It's true that that those are still contracts, right? Can you still can you strike out portions of that application and have it be binding? Um, it, it depends on uh, the, the company that you're dealing with. If if they don't have a problem with certain things, which um, the, uh, you know, they, they can they can they can choose to have you work for them or anybody else who does agree. So you don't have a lot of pull unless you're really, really good, you know, like if you're Lee Iacocca, yeah. you might get away with, you know, creating the conditions of your own contract. But well, if, you're yeah. gonna, if you're not negotiating the contract, then just, you know, striking out lines and words uh, is probably not going to get you very far. What about with the engagement that uh, the people like check the application? Only reason because there's a spot that says, I swear I am the person, and I, you uh, now that I know what I know, I have a problem uh, signing under perjury to that. <laughs> well, so, you know, if you're if you're signing something and you're not intending to contract, you're just uh, you know you're, you're signing, uh, and and you're being pressured into it. You know, there's if you if you sign something non-assumption, then you're you're signing without intent to contract. Yeah, I so, know. It means I promise not to do what is in this contract. You know. Well, it's N A previous to your name, right? Well, I don't do the N A. I just write non assumption and then I initial it. I'm not I'm not ambiguous about the way I feel about things. And you know, the, the probably the best thing to do is uh to to talk to somebody who has the authority to work with you as a man instead of a person. But <laughs> it's very tough. I mean there's you know, you're not going to find too many people that are willing to do that. You know, the more you study this stuff, the more you're learning what you're learning. Um, if, if your idea is to moving you in that direction where you don't want to sign stuff, you don't want to do things, uh, you're going to have to work for yourself. You're going to have to find work that that's suitable for your kind of um, yeah. beliefs. And you know, I was a union carpenter. Well, I'm still a union carpenter in Boston. So you know, I pay union dues, and I, I, you know, I, I don't have a choice. You know, you know, I go in, I sign whatever they they tell me to sign, and then rescind and revoke it. You know, a week later, I said, you know, I, I signed this paperwork in order to get this job because I need to eat. So it's necessary or proper for me to do this. But at this point. Uh, you know, it, it's also necessary and proper for me to revoke it because I just uh, it's not sitting well with me and it's it's just not something I believe. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, I want to touch real quick on if you work for yourself. Uh, is it is it true about the world that if you have like your own insurance or something like that, if you indemnify yourself with a third party, are you not required to have a, like a license or stuff like that? I've heard uh, it depends on what kind of license. Okay, you're not going to become a brain surgeon just because you got an, an indemnity an indemnity bond. You know, yeah, uh, if I wanted to work for a car dealership without a without a driver's license. Yeah, 
Yeah, you might be able to do that, and you might be able to, you know, uh, like a hairdresser. There's certain types of licenses that you can probably afford a bond on instead of getting a license. You know, there, there might be different criteria. Every state's different, uh, you know, but uh, the, the number one thing is, as a man, uh, who has the right to tell you how to do anything? Right. You know, so, you know, but, you know, don't be walking around like Mr. Common Law and I'm going to knock down telephone <laughs> calls when I walk by, you know. Yeah, it's just, like you uh, you got to find somebody who's willing to think that way. And if you can find somebody who you can, you know, make money off of who also thinks that way, it's really easy. But if you want to try to change the world whenever the world is operating in a different way and you want to just do it, you know, it's a little tough. Uh, you know. change, change your world and be, uh, you know, be the light. You know, that's all you can do. Just, just, just be the light, be the salt, change your world, and be an example. All right. Well, I have uh, another question, if I could squeeze another one in there. I was going to ask about using cover letters, like when you're doing tax forms and stuff. I heard on the, some of the previous talk shows about uh, for the ease of filing purposes only. Is that something you write at the bottom of the page, or do you have to use a cover sheet to, like, make well, it all simple? When you're when you're moving a claim, when you're putting a claim into a court, no. Uh, whenever you're putting in your W W four for the IRS or something, or you know you want to use their forms, but only for for the ease of them. You know, yeah, I'm not. You got to study up on that stuff. Uh, you know, Carl says uh, just put exempt at the bottom because you're exempt. You know, and, and you know, I, I wouldn't be putting any numbers anywhere. You know, I would put exempt and sign it because if you put numbers on the right side anywhere, then you understand legalese. And uh, you know, it's it's tough. You know, there's been different times where I've done, I've tried different things, done different things over the years. Uh, I used to I used to give him a letter letting him know I'm not filling out that form, but I'll give you this information. And, you know, They were looking for that information, but I'm not putting it on that form. If you want to fill it out and pretend you're me and sign it, uh, as long as I don't know about it, do what you got to do, but I'm not doing it. So my beliefs have changed over the years, and I've tried different things, so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, just try and then call in next week and say how it goes. Well, nobody nobody can um, decide for you what you believe, okay? I, I believe that I have the right to my labor, my time, my resources, my ingenuity, my creativity. These are my things. These are the things that are called property. And uh, unless somebody is making a claim to my property, then uh, don't talk to me. You know, don't talk to me about my stuff. It's private, Okay, that's my dog, my basketball, my lawnmower. It's my stuff. It's none of your business what I do with it, and it's none of your business whether I paint it all green or you know uh, give it to a friend or you know, it's none of your it's none of your business. It's my stuff. It's property, and yeah. people need to study property law to to get a real understanding of uh, how much when it comes to taxes. Okay, I pay a shitload of taxes. I pay. Uh, tax on gasoline. I used to smoke, you know, years and years ago, like 12, 13 years ago. But I used to, you know, I used to pay uh, tobacco taxes. I paid food taxes. I, I pay all sorts of taxes. 
you know, that's the taxes that runs the government. The the uh, highway tax, the highways are built on the gasoline tax. That's where the money comes from for the highways. You know, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Title 27 of the, of the U.S. Code or something like that. You know, the Highway Safety Act, whatever that is. But, the, you know, there's, there, there's, we all pay taxes. You, you got taxes on stuff that's coming in from Nike and all these Philippine companies and Chinese companies. You get taxes on all sorts of stuff that you pay, and you don't even know you're paying. But, you know, it's all automatic. Those are, dude, there's all sorts of taxes that we pay. Yeah, even even the income tax is semi-automatic because everybody, whenever you get into a workplace, just says, you know, here, sign the W-4, you know, everybody does it. It's, you know, even if you're completely incompetent in what it is or what it means, you know, it's just accepted practice. And then, then you find out what it really is and be like, hey, you know, I actually don't make any income. I actually have a no-gain trade going on here, trading my compensation for, for my, or trading my labor for compensation, you know. A no-gain trade. I like that. A no-gain trade. Yeah. If you you go to my website, redressfordummies.org, right on the front page, and there's a short link, www.r for redress, the number four, and then info. I'm sorry, r4d. Redress for Dummies, R, the number four, the letter D, like dog, and uh, dot info. That's the short link. But when you get to the home page, you, you'll see where it says, uh, there's like a disclaimer there. And then right after that, it says, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe which shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or any... I'm sorry, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. If there are any circumstances which permit an exception, they do not now occur to us. Now, that was the Supreme Court speaking. That's their opinion. I happen to believe very much the same thing that they believe. It's my opinion. It's my stuff. And no officer, high or petty, can prescribe or can create law and force me to believe, to have faith in that law and what they believe, because I have a right to believe what I believe. You know, New Hampshire's Constitution yeah. uh, has a Bill of Rights that's kind of extensive, and uh, at Article 4, it's the rights of conscience that are described. You know, I believe I have rights of conscience, and so does the state of New Hampshire, or the people that created the Bill of Rights. They did at that time. But, you know, there's a lot of evidence out there that people believe what you believe. You know, the Supreme Court, the Bill of Rights, there's a lot of different places where you you can see this evidence of people who believe what you believe. Yeah, and I think I I I know what I want to do after hearing you talk about it, because you're right, if if it, I mean, I should just put all zeros and exempt on there and sign it in and wait wait to see what happens, because if I worry about, like these extraneous factors on it, and you know that goes to show I'm competent in these extraneous factors. So I, I don't understand legalese. I seriously, exactly. I I've studied redress. I studied yeah. my state constitution. I I went to the archives at the Secretary of State's office. Spent lots and lots of time. My my first web uh, website was uh, re, was uh, uh, New Hampshire redress. 
NH Redress. So if you go to nhredress.org or .info, the website's still there. I, I go there now and then, not very often. But you'll see all the stuff I was doing before I met Carl. And at that website, there's all sorts of documents. There's all sorts of stuff. I read all I read tons of stuff. And I, I looked at the statutes. I've got friends that are state reps. I've gone, I've testified in committee hearings at the legislature, at the House of Representatives. So, you know, I, I've got a pretty good idea of what's going on. And I'm telling you right now, the more I see, the more I realize I don't understand legalese. There's a different definition for the word person in every single statute. Yeah, right. Every second paragraph that's in this subject, in the subject. That's right. That, that's that's proof right there that it's contract. And yeah, but most words, most words are, knowing like right and wrong. You know, like throughout every culture, there's there's all kinds of anecdotal evidence for people knowing right and wrong always. You know, and if you long, strip, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, uh, this whole law thing is supposed to be just like a memorial of of human deter or men and women determining what is right and wrong between each other. You know, so I put I put, up a, I put up a video that Carl uh, a, a video clip of uh, my recent trip to Virginia where Carl and I were at the German restaurant. I used those pictures and of, an audio that I got from uh, Carl talking with John Fall back in January. It's a, it's like a three-minute uh, video clip on my YouTube channel where Carl talks about law is just a, you know, an opinion. You, you have ecclesiastical opinions. You have statutory opinions. You have, these, are, these are all the opinions of man. Yeah, there's, there's, they're, they're opinions. So you, you can go and listen to, to that. And, you know, you've got ordinances, statutes, codes. You've got all these things that change yeah. constantly. And you know, the, the, it's the, like the, the rules of evidence, the rules of uh, uh, the hearsay rule. You know, they have all these rules. I, you're never, ever, ever going to learn it all. Not only that, you know, slavery's been abolished. You can't make me learn that stuff and not compensate me for it. Somebody's going to have to pay the bill if you want me to learn that crap. Well, the good thing about it is that it's it's all like the foundation of a house. Their whole system is founded on the system of you know just common law right and wrong, you know, trial by jury and due process and fair play. So the cool thing about what Carl teaches is if you learn those basic concepts and master those parts of it, then their game becomes really easy to play too because it's all based on honor and fair play and all that stuff. I personally started with listening to uh, Bill Thornton. He's the first one who told me that in America, we finally agreed that we're all each individually kings. You know, we finally got out from under the huge ruling system of monarchies and empires and stuff that we finally... Yeah, but don't... You know, what's above that is a man. Kings were not made in the image of God. Man was. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is we're all, we all saw each other as images of God, you know? And yeah, it, that's... It's like a slow evolution of the way humans or men and women have been thinking about this thing, you know, and nowadays it's got, with the information that's out there like it is, like Carl was saying, you could have information across the world and it's amazing. It, with this new ideal that all the power is in each one of us individually, not within, you know, some kind of leader or some kind of party to look up to, if we keep pushing the information and the education of this ideal of the power in us, then we can change the world very slowly and, and, you know, decentralize the power and spread it out to everyone. 
That's my rant. I, I guess I'll let somebody else talk. <laughs> I'm with you on that. You have any other questions? There's uh, three more people waiting. That's it, sir. Thank you, and have a great night. Hey, no problem. It's great talking with you. Um, if you want to come back after, just put your hand up. Star eight to put your hand up. Uh, I'm going to mute you out. And, and All right. Take care, man. Actually, I'm going to leave you unmuted. Just mute your phone so I don't get any feedback. Uh, yes. Hey, South Texas. South Texas, you got a live mic. Hello. Can you hear me? Hey, how you doing? Hey, Gus, can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Good. Hey, this is Alex over here in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, um, Alex. Uh, great to talk to you. Great to know that you guys are out there. This is a, I just got turned on to you guys, actually, to Carl. So I don't have a lot of experience, um, you know, in, in uh, common law. And um, what, from what I've seen, you know, it's something that's really opening my eyes as far as, you know, our rights and, and how do we, how we handle that and everything. Um, I just have three questions for you. I'll get, I'll get right to the point so I don't take up too much time here. Um, Go ahead. The the first one is correlates with uh, actually the first guy was my brother. He kind of turned me on to you guys, Luis. He's in Vegas, so um, okay. just cor- it correlates a little to that. Uh, to how do you revoke? You said um, you said resent revoke contract with uh, DPS or with the DMV. Well, right? you, you you got three three different things. You can say that you revoke something, or you rescind something, or that you simply withdraw your consent to something. Well, you can say I I revoke, I rescind, uh, and I you know like a notice, notice of rescission, notice of revocation, you know, or notice I revoke, rescind, and withdraw consent. So you got to create your own paperwork, you know, based on what's in your heart, Uh, and then you got to study what these words mean. Right, exactly, and that's yeah, that's what I'm I'm learning, and that's what I'm actually catching on that it is you know studying these words and how how to use them, and it simplifies a lot of like you were just saying the legalese is you know I don't understand most people don't understand that but simplifying this is is what we need to do, and and use them as such. Yeah, it's not just the words that you think are important that you need to study. You need to know the rule. The you you need to to know the. Uh, the words that you use every day, and I'm right. constantly amazed at how many words I use that I thought I knew the definitions to. You know, right. the word nice. The word nice means foolish. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. nice. Nice is, is basically foolish. Smart means to cause pain. So if you're nice. a nice, nice if pain. you're a nice guy, a real smart man, that means you're foolish and you're driving me. You're you're, you're painful to me. Okay. Right. But, you know, yeah. these are things that people don't realize. They don't realize the words that they're using. So right. when you're, if my dad, t- you know, says to me, because my dad has, he doesn't follow this stuff at all. So my dad yeah. says to me, hey, I met this really nice guy the other day. He told me about this. You know, I'm not going to believe that, you know, that he met a foolish man. I'm, I'm going right. to take, what, you know, but when you're writing legal papers, not legal, lawful papers, when you're writing uh, stuff that you know, and you're exchanging information between a man that works for government uh, or some corporation, which is an extension of that government, which exists to secure your rights and to protect your property. Then uh, you have to communicate very clearly because uh, their position, if they know what they're doing, 
their position is created by the legislature, and they have to maintain a very uh, specific uh, position. You know, they're, they're not allowed to just okay. People will say to you. If they say something to you and you know the definitions of words, you're going to say, did you mean this or did you mean that? And they'll say to you, you know what I meant. Yeah, but I heard right, what you said. Right. The problem is, is I heard what you said. I think I know what you mean, but I don't You know, we've been hanging out for a while, and I know we've talked about this. So now I don't know which way you're going with these words. Well, when you're writing a letter to a man or a woman that works for a corporation, uh, they have a fixed position created by legislature to to do certain things, and they have to go with the the true definitions of those words. And if they might think that you're talking nonsense, but when they send it to their legal department, their their legal department knows what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm catching on to. You know, slowly but surely, it is coming. Um, I'm. I, it's. It's. It's becoming clear. All the clouds are lifting, and it's becoming clear. I know I'm going to do a lot of studying, and I'm going to follow up, and that's what I've been doing ever since I discovered Carl. You know, believe me, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, on YouTube just listening to him uh, 24-7, you know, just constantly, constantly, even at work, whenever I get a chance, I'm just listening and listening and, and yeah. soaking up all this valuable information. So just I tend to be technical because I don't, have the the skill that Carl does to to give a lesson in a story. He's a really good storyteller. So he'll yes. start telling stories, and uh, people want him to get to the nitty gritty. You know, what, what's the word? What's the magic pill? What's the you know right. the golden goose? You got to you, you got to understand the attitude. What it is to be a man. You know, and uh, Carl's got a website. You know, www.broadmind.org, and you can see his documents on the document page and see how he writes stuff. But more importantly, you know, hit that donate button and let him know you appreciate all the time he's put in. Because, oh, okay. you know, there's, uh, rock mind? I'm sorry, did you that? say rock, rock mind? No, broad mind. Oh, broad mind. Okay. Yeah, broadmind.org. And, and, and uh, he's got nothing. I guess there's a duplicate website out there. Somebody's trying to get some traffic from, you know, at, at Carl's expense, and oh. they're selling stuff. If if you go to a website that's selling stuff, that's not Carl. Carl's okay. got nothing for sale that I know of on his website. Okay, just donate. Just donate for him. Yeah, just let him know you appreciate him. You know, okay. donate, cool. write him a little note, and say thanks, man. Okay, all right. This this uh, withdrawal and revoke uh, situation with the DMV, who, do, who, do, who does that go address to? A man well, or yeah, 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 it's always going to be a man or a woman, no matter man. what. There's, okay. there's no such thing that does you know. You know what a Maytag repair guy is? It's the guy inside the jumpsuit, right? Because yeah, the, the Maytag repair guy part is is the jumpsuit. Somebody has right. to give life. Somebody has to give life to the jumpsuit. Somebody has to crawl into the jumpsuit and become that guy, that person. Okay. And so. So there's always a man, there's always a woman behind the scenes. Right. That, nothing, that nothing, that ever, nothing ever creates itself. Correct. Okay. Got got it then. All right. Um, my my second question is when when you're saying because um, I, I hear a lot, you know, uh, the uh, is that is that your, is that your wish? Is that your order? Is that your wish? Is that your order for every 
every uh, command that an officer gives you when he when he stops you. Well, when it, he... it depends on uh, what Kyle was saying earlier. You know, you might not want to say, "Is that your order?" You, you might want to be more polite and say, "Is that your wish?" And uh, okay. you know, because you're because you're willing to go along, and if you if you become uncomfortable, then step it up a notch and say, "Is that your order?" And if okay. you really want to step it up, tell them I require your order in writing. Yeah, I, ah, I think you're just okay. going over the edge, you know. I think you're going too right. far. And uh, just please put it in writing, and I'll do whatever you tell me to. But, you know, that's not the kind of stuff you talk to a cop about. He'll probably, uh, you know, he, he, he'll he be stressed out for the next two hours, you know. He, he, he'll take it okay. out on the next day. <laughs> what, once, you, once you do that, I mean, who do you, you, you build a man? You send the bill to it. This is uh, this is just your, you okay. know, so, as a well, Hold on, hold on. You're, you're you're asking lots of really really basic questions. So uh, go ahead and you know keep listening to the audios, and okay. it's all in there. You know, don't waste your time. You know, I've got my own talk show on Wednesday nights, and uh, my call is one two seven. No, that's just Carl's one two seven four six nine. My call on Wednesday nights is one three four zero eight four, and Mike has a call on on Monday nights. That's one three three eight zero two. Okay, we've got our archives. We do our own recordings. Don't listen to our stuff. Go listen to Carl's stuff. Okay, there's no reason unless you've gotten unless you've heard Carl's recordings over and over and over again. Don't waste your time listening to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, like I said, I just I just uh, got turned on like about two weeks ago. So, um, you know, I've I've listened to these, but I haven't listened to all of them. You know, it's yeah, only yeah, been well, two no, weeks. Go to go to go and listen to all of them. I've got the first ones for people that are just starting. That's what I made my website for. And, and what is your what is your number or how do I find you? Redressfordummies.org. Redress for dummies. dot org. All right. And when you get there, there's a there's a tab at the top that says Carl's early recordings, and those are all direct links to Angela's shows, Carl's shows. Those go directly to his talk shows. So when you when you right click on those and download them, you're downloading them right from Carl's talk show. Those, those, you know, those are not on my website or anything, but I have a list of all all of Carl's shows. Uh, well, not all of them, like the first 40 or 50 of them. And in, in sequence, according to Talkshoes. So the first one he did, the first three or four were done on Angela's call. Then he did another call with some uh, some other people, and then some more with Angela. And then he started his own Talkshoe. So those are all listed in chronological order, according okay. to Talkshoe numbers. All right, I'll look for that. And uh, final, the last one is the most important and most delicate one. And uh, I don't know, I guess you're probably going to send me there too. Um, this has to do with my actual son. Okay, he's he's 26 years old. Is he still my property? Can I still claim him as my property? What do you think? I I believe that I can under common law. I believe that it, that I can because he is made of me. He is of my blood. Um, and, and is there uh, another man that has a superior claim? Um, well, that's that's what I'm going at. Right now, he's in jail. Okay, and he's been wrongfully accused of a crime. Um, so I'm trying to help him. I'm trying to see how I can help him um, okay. with, with, with this situation. Okay. okay. I'm not going to give you any information on that right now because, 
you've got a long way to go before you're ready to step into that. And if you try right. to step into that right now, you're going to create a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't need a train wreck. What you need, you know, what you need to do is just start studying, keep studying, meet some people on Skype, and figure out who's who. You know, and uh, you know, you're gonna find some people on there that you get along with, and go form your own group. You know, get a little group going of seven or eight people that just study together. You know, I've got three or four of those little groups. I'm sure Mike's got a few of them. You know, it's nice to just have five or six friends you can vent to. You get some crazy and wild idea, and you don't want to put it out in a Skype group. You know, you, you want to put it out in a more private area, and, and you form these little groups, and, and, and you know who's connected and who's not, and who's serious and, and who's, you know, who's moved on. You know, sometimes people move on. They give up on this for a month or two because they met, you know, they got a new girlfriend or something. So, and then they come back. So, you know, it's just a... Uh, it's life, you know. We're, we all hang out. And okay. It's a good place. Right. It's a good place to be and meet people. All right. Well, uh, I'll do that and try to get some answers for the situation that I'm leaving. Okay. Great to hear your voice, man. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your info. Okay. And your time. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. Put your hand back up after I mute you. And, all right. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Sam G O R one. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, it's uh, Sammy calling from London. Here, it's actually uh, quarter to five in the morning. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, getting up for the day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I wanted to thank you guys. Um, it's been great. It's uh, I'm I'm a simpleton at heart, and uh, I really like. Uh, your guys and uh, Carl's uh, star, I think it's great, and it's it's great to hear people with such uh, candor, you know, just uh, without the BS. Yeah, um, it's all it's all Carl's stuff, and if it's if it's not, then I'm doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem to be doing a good job so far. So. I just wanted to ask a, a quick one. Uh, I've got a few issues, but um, due to the limit of time. Um, I just wanted to ask, because there's one issue I've got around uh, employment, actually. Um, and I've heard in the past them talking about uh, contracts, and I've actually taken uh, my previous employer uh, to court as a claimant. And I just wanted to know, is the burden of proof on me as a claimant? Um, well, yeah, who else would it be on? Well, you're the yeah, only, I mean... You're the only one. <laughs> No, no, yeah. I mean, the only thing is because um, in terms of the... Co- I, I remember hearing one talk show previously on Carl's show about uh, contracts and yeah. um, and about the, the, the kind of... Uh, to kind of be a bit shark in terms of uh, bringing in the contract that might be different to theirs as such. Well, um, what you're talking about, uh, it could flip-flop back and forth. And typically, it's not something we talk about uh, but the burden of proof will shift over and over and over because if you say
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.